right, where is... So up next we've got uh, the lovely Sean Jefferson, um, if I can phone her and do a thing. Should we give out the Just Giving page before we do that, just because it's been a while? Yes. It's been a while. Yeah, you know Since, it off uh, by heart, don't yeah, you? Yeah, it's justgiving.com forward slash live 2 There you go, go and give us some pence. Yeah, give, give me money to change T-shirts, because this one's starting to get a bit ripe. I was so. going to say, I am unnecessarily sweaty. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's call Sean. <laughs> On that note, hi, Sean. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Hi. Good morning. How are you doing? Uh, I've got to confess, kind of woke up about an hour ago, but other than that, I'm good. <laughs> uh, That's I- all right. Our last guest didn't actually get up, and then we got a text saying, what time am I on again? I've just woken up. I'm like, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> now? Yeah. See, and I was actually about to say, like, even though I just met you, Sean, I was about to say, I hate you because I've been up since four o'clock this morning. Oh, You're always up at four. No, don't feel sorry for him. He's always up at four o'clock because he's weird. Yeah, but she doesn't know that, does she? Yeah, don't well, do don't, now. Yeah, yeah. don't try <laughs> yeah. to guilt trip our lovely guests. Dang it, Jimmy Cricket, kind of co-host are you? No, I'm just, I'm just going to sit here <laughs> quietly while Stace talks. <laughs> don't do that. I'm not good at it. <laughs> We've already ascertained that um, I'm crap at this, but you know. I've only got 22 hours left, so it's fine. Well, I don't know. We're 50 seconds into this conversation. I think you're doing great. So, Aw, thanks. Um, well, as to sort of kick off the, the, the little chat, um, for those that don't know who you are, do you want to give a little explanation of who you are and what you do? <laughs> sure. Um, my name's Sean Jefferson. I am a part-time freelance illustrator and comic book artist, and I'd really, really like it to be full-time one day, but, you know, still working on that bit. Yeah. So, but, yeah. That's pretty much my life in a nutshell. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> that was an incredibly brief nutshell. Mm. You might have to start expanding on things if we're going to fill a whole hour. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't be trusted with too much mic time. <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to try and wake up a little bit more speedily then. <laughs> Do you well, have like a nice strong coffee on you or something? Not on <laughs> you, like in you. No yeah. way. Come on, Stace. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working on that as well. I literally have it in my hand. I had to like angle my mic up so that I didn't keep dipping it in my coffee every time I tried to drink something. So Yeah, that would be somewhat of a mistake. Yeah. These well, headphones are expensive. <laughs> well I'll say that I'll I'll say then, um, that I've started reading the good thing about um being asked to be a co host, not just because I'm getting free whiskey. Um <laughs> We're going to bring that up with every guest. I am going to bring it up with every guest <laughs> and, and, until until I actually start drinking free whiskey. Um, is the fact that it's actually meant I've actually started to, um, you know, reading comics and stuff like that. Because I went through a bit of a slump where actually I found that there's, sounds a bit stupid, but so much out there, so much choice mm-hmm. that I kind of imploded a bit and ended up not reading any comics for a, a while. Yeah. Um, so when Stace sort of asked me to sort of, getting bored um i've obviously gone around trying to sort of read some you know some of your staff and things like that and other people's so i've obviously started reading the book of fame which is a webcomic isn't it oh yeah that's yeah. awesome thanks man um and, and it's um, gorgeous it yeah, is it's gorgeous hey oh. yeah stace has already said it. it is it's gorgeous I've got, a we- I've got a weird scale of art in that if it's something that I want to eat, then it's very good. And I do want, I really want to eat your art. I know that's weird. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to take that as a compliment. Yeah. It's quite flattering. Yeah, I, I think that's probably the, the safest way to take it, I think. Um, I just mean, it looks tasty. Oh, thank you. <laughs> but I mean, but also as well, what I loved was, I, I loved the art, but I wasn't, 
I suppose the thing was is that normally when I I go to read a comic or buy a comic, I have a fairly good idea what the comic's going to be about before I buy it because obviously I'm parting with money. Um, but with yours, I kind of just went right. I'm just going to read it. So I started reading it, and what I found was a it looked lovely, b it was very well written, um, but also it was like really funny, mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank um, you. like really kind of like really sharp humour. The um, I want to say the sort of all I want to say is flame genie. I can't really think of the the right <laughs> terminology, the so I'm going to stick with flame genie. You know, um, actually, he was written down as flame genie for ages in my story notes because I was like, I don't like, I don't really know what this is. Yet, so <laughs> there you go. Oh, really? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, good. That you know, I feel I feel better now because I'm thinking now. I'm sure there's supposed to be a term I should be using, not just flame genie. Um, <laughs> Well, you nailed it. I mean, like now I refer to him as a demon, but when I first came up with the concept for him, I was like, I don't know, talking fire? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did have Snarky Genie as well, Snarky Fire. Yeah. Um, but Oh, yeah, he's super snarky. <laughs> yeah, Always, awesome, awesome. So where did you where did you come up with the idea for it? Um, wow, that's like a quite a big question because I actually came up with the idea for it when I was studying my master's. Um, I was specializing in animation and a friend of mine who is actually going to be on your show later today, Sarah Millman. Um, uh, okay. Yeah, we were on the same course and she was specializing in comics and um, I, I was sort of half toying with the idea of dabbling with it and I started coming up with the uh, idea for the Book of Fae. Like, I think the earliest sketches must have been like May 2012. Um, but I, I was in the middle of completing my master's, so I didn't really do anything with it until 2016. Um, but in terms of like influences, uh, they kind of came from all over the place because I am a massive nerd. <laughs> <laughs> you're in good company. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're safe here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I could speak freely. I'm sure. You can, yeah. It's fine. Um, and I, I like, I grew up watching things like The Lord of the Rings and lots of fantasy-based stuff, uh, and big fan of shows like Avatar The Last Airbender, and like worlds that essentially build their own mythology, and for some reason I was like, yeah, I'm going to have a go at that, how hard can it be? <laughs> Four years later, oh my god! So, but yeah, um, it, there, there were lots of different influences. I'm also a really big Miyazaki fan as well, mm-hmm. um, which... I like it sometimes when I'm writing or, or drawing stuff, I tend to be like, is that a bit too close to something I watched recently? So, but yeah, uh, I hope that answers the question because that kind of was a bit of a curveball there. <laughs> no, 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 it does answer the question. And actually, it's very, so I, I, I dabble with a bit of writing. Um, awesome. and, um, I used to, I started writing when I was 11. And I know very, I, what you sort of said about, you always worried about, Am I copying other mm. people's stuff? Or am I, am I, am I too influenced by someone else's stuff? Whereas when I was a kid, I knew point blank that I was effectively nicking someone else's work. <laughs> I, 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 I knew that. I don't know if I was okay with it, but, um, there was a whole, and I used to write with my best friend, um, who I now sort of podcast with. And we used to basically just nick stories. So we, do you remember the Clash of the Titans film? Mm. The, uh, the original film, Clash of the Titans. Um, yeah. We, we effectively nicked the entire story and <laughs> we, we put ourselves in the story and we were so, I'd like to say, I think I've become slightly better as a writer. Um, in that we were so bad with the character names that my character was called, to, to clarify, my name is Barry, but yeah. my character in the book was called Barinus. 
and and uh, and my friend's my friend is Dave. You can guess where this is going. And yeah. uh, his name in the book was the Venus. And we had flying horses. I can't believe I'm admitting this in, in life. But um, we had flying horses. My my horse was Pegasus, obviously. After, but because we couldn't come up with a decent enough name for Dave's flying horse, and we were watching Battlestar Galactica at the time, his horse was called Galacticus. I honestly thought you were going to say Pegasus yeah. too. No, <laughs> no, that that would have been all of those options would have been far better than the option we actually went with. Galacticus. Um. Oh. Yeah. Well, I mean, in fairness, I did that too. Like, I remember when I was in high school, um, and probably even earlier than that, like junior school, Pokemon and all of that stuff was really big. And uh, me and a friend, we used like we used to just draw Pokemon all the time. And then it got to the stage where we were making up our own. And um, yeah, now I can't believe I'm admitting this live on a podcast. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and we were those kids in school. People were like, oh, there's those nerdy girls who draw Pokemon. But then, you know, you'd also get the same people ask you to draw stuff for them. So it's like, that's a weird double-edged sword there. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh, I think it's literally just the older I've got, the better I am at disguising when I've either been influenced by something or I've put myself in the story it just doesn't look as much like me now (laughs) (laughs) but uh, yeah so everyone starts somewhere (laughs) I feel like I should admit something embarrassing from my writing youth now you should so I'm going to um when I was at uh secondary school so I would have been like what 14 ish I was obsessed with an anime called Escaflona like 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 all day every day talking about it watching it just all over it and uh, me and a friend of mine called Gaila who may or may not be listening and may or may not want me to tell this story used to (laughs) sorry Bab Um, we used to we used to write letters to each other in class in character as amazing people from Escaflone Um, I still have some of these I'm not getting them out and reading them because they're really bad but um, that was the way that we used to just sort of like get into characters and writing stuff to improve because I love writing. I'm crap at it, but I love it. Um, but like, what is it? <laughs> I was talking, uh, I was talking to Mike yesterday about fan fiction and I said, the problem for me is that I'm not brave enough to try and do a character justice, if that makes sense. Like, I've got so many stories I'd love to tell about existing characters, but I think the characters would probably just be wrong and crap. But, yeah, I worry about that with um, fan fiction and fan art. It's like, am I doing justice to someone else's work? Because I don't want to be that asshole that totally messes this up. <laughs> the thing is, though, on, on like the scale of like fan fiction and fan art and stuff, I think there's always going to be somebody a bit worse than you who's just like written a story <laughs> where... like two characters are just having sex and that's the end of that like yeah, <laughs> yeah. completely well, out of character and it's fine and i think the thing is now is that it's it's become such an established thing so when i was a kid there was you didn't call it fan art or fan fiction it was just you just did art which just happened to be it was a picture of doctor who or you know or you did you just wrote a story where you were on your travels with doctor who in my case i was on adventures with indiana jones mm-hmm. you know you what you that's just amazing. Don't get me wrong, Star Wars is great, but I grew up with indie, so, you know, uh, I love uh, it so much, I've uh, got to watch it after this. Uh, if you, if uh, you can see Barry's face, uh, he's so happy, uh, it's a little um, delighted face. I'll, I'll give it to my card, social media guy, to post, but there's someone did a, um, a very, very impressive um, piece of art of me dressed as Indiana Jones. Um, was that Rob? That was Rob did it, yeah. yeah. 
Um, oh, it's, it's awesome. I'll get them to put it up. Um, no, it, like I said, I would not be sitting here today if it, if it wasn't for Razor Lost Art. Um, mm-hmm. because that, that was where I kind of suddenly became a geek, I think, mm-hmm. kind of overnight, really. Um, and I saw it. So it's probably my only claim to fame is that I saw it in a cinema where it had only just come out back in the 80s. So no one knew anything about it. I didn't, no one had seen it. The only ex- exposure I had to it was, um, it was a trailer on the radio. Um, and it, and they did it like a kind of cliffhanger and it was all kind of like, will India escape from the Will of Souls? Will this, will that? And it was all done like that on the radio. And I remember eating bre- I was eating breakfast at the time and I heard it and kind of like dropped my spoon. Oh my God, I've got to see this film. Oh. And because I was, because I was so young, my mum said, you can only go if your brother Norman, I don't know why I've said his name, but, um, <laughs> hey, Norman. You know, Hello. I, hey Norman, um, <laughs> if he takes you and I then waged a, week-long campaign <laughs> which was literally every chance i got take me see take me see Rose Lost to the point where in the end he was just like i will effing take you um <laughs> just shut up just shut up um and i and i'll never forget sitting there it was it was back when you used to go to cinema and people would applaud um and you know the bit where he kind of rides after the truck and he's on the horse yeah yes the cinema <sighs> applauded everyone just just applauded um, so now I am a, um, I'll shut up now because I, I, will, I will talk for years about Indiana Jones. So we'll, we'll move off. Move <laughs> I was going to say, we've already managed we'll it like about three times. Stace, talk about something <laughs> else. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. I, uh, see, this is the thing though, is that because I missed the boat on Indy. Like, I, I genuinely didn't see the Indiana Jones movies till I met Rich in 2005. What the hell? <laughs> Sorry. And then I was like, <laughs> I was like, what was my life even before this? Like, Rich introduced me to so many amazing yeah. things. Yeah. Like, Blade Runner. I've never seen that before. In fairness, actually, I hadn't seen the original Star Wars trilogy until I was, like, 18. And I remember, um, like, my, my friends at the time, one of my friends was really, really into it, and he was genuinely offended that I hadn't seen it. <laughs> I was like, okay, we're going to sit down and we're going to watch all of them. And I was like, well, you know... I feel like I know the major plot twist, <laughs> so it's not exactly going to have the same impact on me as it as it did on you. But he made me watch them anyway, and you know, fair play, they're they're pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. They're just not Indiana Jones. I'm sorry, Star Wars fans, but you grew up with one or the other, so yeah, but, I, yeah, yeah. I grew up with both, and indie was always my sort of go-to thing. Yeah. Um, but it's, I find it really when people sort of you say when you admit to someone you haven't seen something, <laughs> yeah, for, which for, is for always me, happening to me. <laughs> yeah, and it, it happens. But for me, as a sort of like geek, I love when someone says I've not seen this film, I've not read this book, and it's coming like, oh, you know, you should, you know, I don't get all sort of like I can't believe you haven't seen it. I'm more kind of like I'm, you're, I'm actually quite envious if someone if someone mm. turns to me and says I haven't seen. Star Wars or indie or the first Superman film. I'm, I'm envious because I'm thinking you've got a whole experience coming your way that mm. I'm not going to get again. So I think that's great. Um, yeah. as someone who's a podcaster, apparently, you know, if you admit things on a podcast where you sort of say, I haven't seen X, Y, and Z, you can get lynched. I mean, I, I admitted, um, on a podcast, um, and I'm admitting it again now. So Life. lynching <laughs> comes. Yeah. But I, I've, I've never seen, I've never seen Blade Runner. Um, and, and I, I, yeah, I know, but I said this somewhere and literally it was like, I don't know if it was, it was on a panel and it was like a hundred people and literally everyone went, oh! <laughs> <laughs> I 
and I was well, trying. Like, to... You just committed a war crime. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. I just haven't seen a film. Calm f- down, everyone. F- for the next twenty minutes, I was slowly trying to edge my chair away from the table <laughs> to try and, you know, for a speedy exit. Yeah. Yeah. It's a weird one. People get really defensive about their fandom, which is great because it's a form of passion, I suppose. But at the same time, it's a film. It can easily be corrected. You could go and watch it. It's not like, you know, it's not the end of the world. And everyone has different tastes. That's the point in having so many films and so many comics and so much stuff in the world, Mm. you know? So anyway, I'm not sure that made sense. It started (laughs) making sense when I was saying it. Now I think I need more coffee. <laughs> it makes it makes perfect sense. It does make perfect sense. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> so, just talking about um, you know all the stuff that exists in the world as we just were. What's what sort of things have influenced your style? Because I I gotta say, like the first time I saw it, immediately I thought oh, this is like Adventure Time, but somehow even more cutie and beautiful. <laughs> and I got all over excited because I love Adventure Time and I think it's lovely. Um, yeah, I'm a big fan as well. Um, and actually, when I I just sort of started drawing in that style, and a friend of mine, um, who was also a really big Adventure Time fan, she's like, oh my god, Sean, you've got to check out this cartoon, it's really cute, and it's kind of similar to your drawing, and I remember watching, like, two or three episodes and being like, god damn it, Pendleton Moore, beat me to it. (laughs) (laughs) But it's a great show, I can't be too (laughs) It is a great show. I could go off on one talking about Adventure Time, like, See, now I'm going to drop a truth on go, I've never watched a single episode of Adventure Time. Well, I mean, like, if it was me, I would watch, like, watch an episode from season two, because personally I feel like that's where it really kind of hit its stride. So if you're going to give it a go, pick any. Oh, really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is one of those things, though, that you do kind of need to watch in order, because even though every episode isn't, there's mm. not always an overarching theme, some stuff, there's continuity. So, it, it, so is it a... I've only seen, like I said, I don't know anything about it. Um, is it a kind of like sort of fancy kind? Of, it's a kind, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's a sort of a. It's set in a sort of post-apocalyptic Earth where like things that shouldn't be anthropomorphic have now become anthropomorphic. So like, candy is alive, and trees and things and stuff. And Finn is the last human that exists, and he's been looked after by a dog with stretchy powers. You are looking at me. I'm <laughs> like... <laughs> It is really good. It is really good. I think the thing that, that I love about Adventure Time is the fact that it's like it's funny and it's cute and it's definitely for kids, but it tackles some like fairly hefty right. stuff. Like there's a character in it who, yeah. if he's not an allegory for Alzheimer's, I don't know what is. Because right. basically, oh, he gets yeah. this magical crane. It's the Ice King. He gets this magical crane, and every time he puts it on, he keeps forgetting parts of himself until eventually he's just he d- he's not himself anymore. He's like a totally different guy. Right. It's very much an allegory for dementia and stuff. Uh, yeah, and the way they handle that character is so interesting because initially mm. you're just kind of like, oh, he's kind of a goofy villain. And then the more you get to know about him, the more you're like, oh my god, this is one of the most complex characters in the show. Mm-hmm. Like, he's got all of this backstory and his relationship with some of the other characters is really deep and kind of sad in places. And you're just like, oh my god. <laughs> Adventure Time has made me cry before, and um, one of the episodes was uh, an Ice King and Marceline episode. I was just like, "Oh yeah, what are you doing to me?" <laughs> so, so if I jump in from season two, will I still understand what's going on there? Probably. I mean, probably they haven't done loads by then. Um, right. Like the first season, you get introduced to all the characters. It's very fun and light-hearted. 
and they establish a few relationships, but the second season is when they really start to like kick off. Although, I mean, if you are going to watch it, sort of hardcore watch it, then you might as well start from the beginning because it's fun. <laughs> Right. How many episodes is the season? <laughs> well, the, it totally depends. There's, I'm sure there's one season where there's only about 12, and then there's another one where there's 65. 65? Yeah. Season yeah. Is it five or six? It's got yeah, like 65. Yeah. <laughs> They're only 11 minutes long each, oh, okay. though, okay. if that helps. But still, yeah. My, my problem is because I think everything's like a standard, like, 45, 50 minutes. When you yeah. sort of say 65, <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's a lot of my time. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it is worth it though. I haven't watched any of the more recent episodes actually. I've got to catch up. Mm. Uh, I don't really want to say too much. Some of them are really weird. I've, I've, I think I've only ever out and out disliked one episode of Adventure Time though, if that puts into perspective how good it is for you. Mm. Okay. But there, was, there was one episode where they had a guest animator on and they just did like a sort of weird food chain educational oh, thing. Oh, I remember that. It was weird and shit. <laughs> 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 just but like, more, more importantly, it was shit. Yeah. Although that being said, I did see an episode of Teen Titans Go recently where it, the entire plot of the episode is Robin trying to get the other guys on the property ladder. What? <laughs> yeah. It's just he's trying to get them to invest in their futures, and he just tries. He just gives them advice on how to properly get on the property ladder. Oh my god, Teen Titans has changed a lot since I watched it. Wow. Wow. <laughs> it's Cause, really because really... I used to because this is the new one, isn't it? Yeah, the adorable looking one. Because yeah. I used. To, I used to watch it um, where they still looked adorable, but actually it was, it, it could be quite a badass. Mm. Um, oh, are you talking about, um, oh God, yeah, I remember that. I used to watch it as well and like occasionally it would just get really dark and you'd be like, oh my God, Teen Titans, where are you going with this? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think I remember like, because it's, um, who's the really funny little kid who could change? Is it Beast Boy? Beast Boy, yeah. Yeah, and he's always like the comedy guy, always like goes too funny. And then there's a whole kind of um, storyline. It went on for ages where it kind of ended up with um, effectively them kind of capturing all the Teen Titans one after the other. And only Beast Boy was left. And uh -huh, the, yeah. and you it had this, um, I think the villain was, it was effectively a brain in a jar, don't ask. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, he was giving his kind of proper villain speech going oh I've, you know he's got Robin and he's going to you know I've, I've taken all your teen titans I'm going to rule the world and there's no one to stop me and then um, he's got this shot of Beast Boy and he's got this like ship behind him and he's up think again he presses his button the whole ship blows up and suddenly he's got all badass he's gone like all John McClane he's got all Die Hard and I'm like this show is awesome it is awesome but yeah. It's just really weird because most of the time it's it's quite comedic and just normally funny, but then every so often it will have an episode like um I think it, is it Slade? I've got his yeah. what his real yeah his... guy with the oh mask. with the guns and yes the yeah, yeah. <laughs> is it is he Deathstroke? I think uh, honestly I honestly can't, can't remember. The only thing I remember about Slade is um his mask and and like one of the weird things that always struck me about that was what the hell does that guy do if he needs to sneeze? <laughs> that was like one of my first thoughts when I saw him was like that's gonna be gross <laughs> but uh yeah anyway sorry carry on that's, that's a valid concern mm. do any do any superheroes with masks have hay fever <laughs> that'd be a dangerous mix anti-history yeah <laughs> it always I always find it weird when you watch the, the Superhero shows the films, and every and you always see the behind the scenes shots mm. with them without the mask, and they've got all the mascara around their eyes yeah. because they've done that for the mask. And I, that really, first time I saw it, I really threw me because I was like, oh, 
that that just looks a bit rubbish now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think I think it was the um second Batman film with um Michael Keaton and there's a bit in there with um Catwoman he's trying to reason with her and he pulls his mask off mm. and he suddenly realizes it's Michael Keaton and it just looks really rubbish. <laughs> Because you just think, oh, yeah, it is Michael Keaton, isn't it? Oh, God. No, I think the best one's Tobey Maguire whenever he's not got his Spider-Man mask on because his face is so, like, adorably unsuperhero. <laughs> he's just got this, like, pudgy, every guy, everyday guy face and you're just like, oh, oh, people are, like, throwing him into walls and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> just looking adorable. Uh, I'm not sure, like... I think I used to feel that way, and then the third one came out, and I was like, what is this emo bullshit? So, oh, yeah. I, see, I I defend this movie a little bit sometimes, because I when I saw it in the cinema, I didn't think it was that bad, because I understood that they were trying to make him look like an asshole because he was, like, venom-y yeah, yeah. at the time. which they succeeded. Yeah, I think the problem was that it was him. And he couldn't pull it off. Like, yeah. if you get, like, a Topher Grace who can do the cute, adorable, like, Eric from that 70s show, but then also, oh, I'm going to straight up kill you because I'm weird. <laughs> Look at me. Fucking yeah. weird. Fact. <laughs> like, if you can get someone who can do both of those things and still be really good at it, yeah. then you, you're golden. But Toby Maguire is just like, I can't buy the, the bad guy, like, dickhead Lothario off you because the good little face. <laughs> <laughs> the bit, the bit, you see, mine because we just called those people prats. <laughs> You know, they weren't they weren't evil or anything like that. Oh, he could be evil. He could be no. He's just a prat. Yeah, that was my first thought. It's like he's <laughs> evil. He's just a douchebag. Yeah. <laughs> so, I think the, the the bit where he's walking down, he's all in black and he's walking down the street and it's just like, like oh, he combed his hair the other way and it's like you're a totally different person now. Yeah. No, that's oh god. It's it's just like it's, it's like you you're not the Fonz. You know, it's just, and there's that little bit where he comes out of a building. And he does this sort of little dance move. Yeah. <laughs> it's, just, oh it's, it's almost the opposite of cool, isn't it? And yeah. I think they were going yeah. for like cool and arrogant, but what yeah. they got was like Toby Maguire. Yeah, <laughs> just, oh. just got just got a twat in a black suit. Got, really? I mean, if you just a quick punch to the throat, probably would have sorted that out. <laughs> you know. Which actually is a nice segue because when I was reading, when I was reading, wait for it, wait for it, you wait for it. When I when I was reading um, Book of Fate, I made a note of a particular phrase that I saw, and I went, you know what, that is a quality put down. And what the phrase was, I've got is, I've actually written my new fave phrase is skeleton slapped. Yes. <laughs> awesome. You're gonna get worse than skeleton slapped. It's awesome. I enjoyed that also. At random, I will say to someone, don't make me sell it and skeleton slap you. Yeah. I imagine that would hurt more than being slapped with, like, you know, a hand. Yeah. Bones are tough, kind oh, of the, pointy. The great thing is, as well, is the person wielding the skeleton hand won't get hurt either, because slaps actually hurt your own hand. Yeah. I don't know if you've yeah. ever, like, full-on slapped someone. It's yeah. quite painful. It's, it's awful. <laughs> it's awful. If you've, you've ever slapped that. anyone who's on fire, that really hurts. Yeah. So, you know. Because we always used to say, like, and we say it, we say it on the podcast, but it was a, it was a North London thing when we were growing up. We always used to say we'd give someone a dry slap, and <laughs> and for us that was like you could slap someone normally, but if you were getting a dry slap, that's like another level of you you've really fucked up. <laughs> if you're gonna get if you're getting a dry slap, so we would say that you know. And when we first started out, we, that's how we review films. We would say like we'd give it so many dry slaps because you knew if the film was bad and you got five dry slaps, well, don't even go near it. <laughs> Um, God, you guys have like dreams. Really yeah, cool. it didn't last long. 
<laughs> what did you give movies that were good? I think we just did like out of five. Oh. And now uh, it's not as good. That's mildly disappointing. Which is why people are more excited about the dry slaps, really, because yeah. it's a bit more, you know. That kind of makes me make it like, I just think you should probably go and watch some terrible stuff so I can get some good dry slap ratings in. Mm. <laughs> I mean, like Manimal, I guess. I just have to ask, like, with a dry slap, I, yes. in my mind, I have this image that, like, in North London, if you were going to get slapped, someone would, like, dunk their hand in some water first. And if they didn't, you know it was going to be really bad. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what exactly is a dry slap? Is exactly. It just, is it just no, harder? But it's, it's, it's like, the thing with living in North London is what you realise is there's just so many phrases that you say that actually have no basis in actual fact or any kind of meaning. That reality. When, or reality, yes. And when people <laughs> then try to rationalise it, you suddenly realise, you know, that really makes no sense. But one of the <laughs> things, like one of the things we we'd say is, um, so if, um, say, you owed someone, I don't know, uh, nine quid, mm-hmm. and you had a tenner on you, you would say, do you know what? I'll just give you a tenner and we'll call it George. What? Which, right? Which effectively <laughs> means tenor, I will give you, t- I, will, I will give you ten pounds because I don't have the exact change. That's effectively what it means. But what we would say was, I'll give you a tenner, we'll call it George. Now, I have, I can hear the questions that are about to come from all sides. Who's George? Right. Yeah. A, I have no idea who George is. <laughs> I have no idea why we call George. I have no idea why, why George relates to this Monetary in any shape or form. It's just something that... I have just, a question. Like, I, I thought um, you might. Is the tenner called George or the one extra pound called George? Right, now... <laughs> It's an interesting point, Sean. Now, first off, take the tenor out of the equation. The tenor is just a, that's just a frame of reference. It could have been a fiver. Okay. 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 Well, why are you naming your money? Well, well, <laughs> well, technically, I'm not naming the money. Technically, it's, it's just a, it's a phrase, but right. I, I don't, I, I don't understand. I generally don't understand. I, 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 I was just brawn and, and came up with North London. It was just something that was said that I just then picked up because everyone else was saying it. But if you're in North London and you said it, you would know exactly what that meant. But apparently, whenever you leave North London, which is what I did when I was 25, which is a wrong move now, um, <laughs> and I would say to people, people would then look at me and go, what the hell are you talking about? Who's this, George? Who's this, there's, George? Uh, there's some sayings that we have in our family that I thought were like black country type things. And then it I turns out... I thought you were going to say that we're like black. I was about to yeah, go, like, whoa, whoa, where are you going with that? Have you met you, Stacey? Yeah, you are super white. Yeah. Um, no... <laughs> Speaking as the official black representative of this live podcast, I call again. I call diversity shit. Yes. Um, no, it was it was within our family, and I thought it was a black country thing. But then when I said it to other people, like literally, it's just our family. Like for example, I would say if someone fell over in the street or at a football game or something, I'd be like, "Oh God, he really gobbed it, didn't he?" And people would be like, "Gobbed it? What, what? spit on spit? Or yeah. What are you talking? Gobbed what?" Oh. And I was like, "I mean, like fell down." No, see, you're looking at me with that face. It is just a Frost family thing, I guess. Yeah, you can't see it, but I'm looking at you with that face. <laughs> 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 uh, I remember the first time I said it to my husband, and he was just like, who did what now? It's like, you know, he like fell down in the street, it was funny, and he's like, uh, uh, what? Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm literally <laughs> speechless about that. I got... So I'm, sure I'm, I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna ask about your psychopathic cat. Oh <laughs> yeah, please do. She's not here at the moment. I had to shut her out of the room because she's also really loud. And I was like, mm-hmm. it's probably not great when you're recording a podcast. So, so, um, so you've got a comic as well, haven't you? Yes. For, for her. So is I couldn't. I couldn't. So is is it a web comic or a? 
No, it's a print exclusive. Although I've had um, a few people ask me if I'm going to put it online. Um, so it, it might end up on my Tumblr page at some point. Um, I've got two volumes of it and they're just little like four panel comics about ridiculous crap that my cat gets up to. Because uh, she's a rescue cat and I've had her for nearly three years. And she's an indoor cat as well. And she's really lovely. Um, she's very little as well. I think her previous owner uh, didn't didn't really concern themselves too much with feeding her properly or taking care of her especially well. Um, so she's quite quite little for an adult cat. But she is by far the weirdest cat I have ever owned in my life. And I've had quite a few cats because my parents have cats. Um, this one's just curiously bizarre, and I don't know if it's just because she had a very sort of rocky start in life, because, I mean, she's only three years old, or if she's just kind of a personality in and of herself. So, right. But, uh, yeah, and uh, I started jotting down some of the stuff that she does, and then I put them into little, like, those mini zines that you see at conventions and stuff. Yeah. And eventually I had so many of them, I was like, well, might as well print them into a comic of their own. So she's got two volumes now. Um, one uh, is kind of the initial volume, and then the second one, she's pretty much dressed as Batman the whole time. Oh, so. I, oh I was gutted. I was truly gutted. I was gutted. The amount of time I spent in your site trying to find oh, dude, the comic. Oh, dude, I'm sorry. And I was just like, no, because I've got... I'm a massive cat fan. Um, I, um, I had two, sadly, one of the cats... Uh, passed away oh. a few months ago. Well, no, uh, it's actually probably longer than that now. Um, but I had two cats, Brian and Steve. Um, <laughs> Love it. Uh, if, if anyone can guess why I called them Brian and Steve, we've already done this on the podcast, but if anyone can guess why I called them Brian and Steve, then... I have, I have a theory about then, Steve. Am I allowed to... I put my hand up. Am I allowed? Is it Steve Rogers' cat? Yes. Yay! Awesome. Ah, I'm, but I'm why Brian, Brian, though? I'm lost on Brian. Yeah, because I was going to say, if you've got Steve, then the other one should really be Bucky. But yeah. Nah, okay, see, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you now. Uh, Brian was um, Brian Braddock, whose alter ego was Captain Britain. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I always forget about Captain Britain. <laughs> yeah. yeah. His name is Brian? Oh. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's so British. <laughs> I know. It was, sorry, to it was either going to be Brian or Fred, wasn't Keith. it? So, yeah. yeah. I don't mean... <laughs> and um, weirdly, my... My wife is always, she's always the thing about having a cat with a, a human sounding name because she just finds it funny. So <laughs> when we, when we got them, she, she always wanted to have a cat called Steve. Um, but she said, what will we call the other cat? And I was just, before she even finished, I was like, Brian! And she was like, that worked really well. She had no idea. <laughs> Later, but then Sneaky my, nerd. then Dave, my friend Dave came around to visit. And then met the two cats, and I said, oh, I'll call them Brian and Steve. And then he went, oh, after Captain Britain and Captain America. And Sue was literally, I should have fucking known. Yeah. <laughs> totally trapped her with that. Yeah. I've always wanted a black cat, and I want to call it Moriarty. Because cats are a little oh. bit sneaky and evil. Yeah, that's a good name for a cat, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That's an awesome name. Well, my cat's a black cat. I mean, she's not especially sneaky, but she could well be evil. <laughs> yeah. I think cats, are, all cats have a little bit of evil in them. I think they're just quite, um, well, I don't know how to say it other than they just don't give a crap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dogs are very sort of energetic and um, they want to be with you and their pack animals. And apparently they're very, very good at recognizing human emotion. I watched this program and they did this test with dogs where it's like, 
um, they'd have a dog and they'd put them in a room with someone who was pretending to cry and the dog would go to the person and comfort them. And then they did the same test with cats. <laughs> cats are like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, basically, <laughs> we realise cats can read human <laughs> That's great. It's good to know that they're roughly on the same intelligence level. They just don't give a shit. So, but, uh, Li- literally, if I've had a... I mean, I've, the last sort of few weeks have been quite, you know, for me, because my dad passed away and whatever. And, like, you know... There are literally times I've been in my house crying and that cat, Steve, has walked through and has almost looked at me as if to say, what are you crying for? Get a grip, man. It's like, I've got no food, right, in my bowl. I should be crying, (laughs) right? And instead, I'm here trying to, like, sort you out. Get off your lazy ass. Let's go. And he will go, he will literally come back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, as if to go, you still here? Are you still, until until I effectively get up and then go, right, at last, let's go. Yeah. He's, he's awesome. I love cats. I think they're awesome. They're, I'm not yeah. sure of cats because I don't think they like me. Oh, they, they, they probably do. They're just not going to tell you that. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> I'm always wary around cats because they always look a little bit like they're like, mm, I haven't quite decided about you, Stacey, so I'm just going to give you this evil look for a while. I think what's really good about cats is whenever we have people that come to the house who say specifically either one or two things, either A, I'm allergic to cats quite badly, or B, um, I don't really like cats. And we go, that's fine, don't worry about it. Literally, the minute they come in the house, it's Steve's mission to be as all over them as he can possibly <laughs> yeah. be. Yeah. Like, I, I have a friend who's allergic to cats, and he's actually not that bothered by cats at all, but he is allergic. And whenever he comes over, if we're having like a movie night or whatever, normally sushi wouldn't. Like, she'll just go do her own thing. But as soon as Luke turns up at my house, she is all over him. And yeah. I'm like, it's the one person who's allergic to you. And she's like, I'm getting in his jumper. It's happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is what I do. Deal with it. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, I'm so sorry, Luke. And nearly every time as well, he's like, it's fine. I took, like, antihistamines and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, but seriously, tell me if you want me to get her off of you. Because she will just stay there all night. Like, yeah. oh, hello, you're my new friend. Please don't, like, swell up and die. Yeah. Like, oh, God. Because uh. we've, we've got one friend, and um, she was there with her husband, and he's, he suffers quite badly from it. Mm. And in the end, he had to leave. They had to go home. Oh. Right? But it got to the stage, he goes, I'll just go outside. You know, I'm not, he, you know, I'm, he was kind of having trouble breathing a little bit. He's like, I'm just going to go outside. I'll get a bit of fresh air. Yeah. Steve Steve followed him outside <laughs> oh, God damn it, to con- to continue what he was doing. He's like, Oh no, 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 no. Just going outside's not enough to save you. Yeah. I'm gonna follow you outside. And, yeah. and and continue to do and he was going around his legs and all sorts and it was just like oh God. Yeah. I'm beginning to think like in our house I might need to change the door handles because there are apparently even doors aren't enough to save you from the cat in this house. <laughs> <laughs> She's learned how to jump up at the handle and um it's like, you've seen Jurassic Park, right? That bit where the rat goes. <laughs> yeah. It's like that. Like, you're just sat there like, oh my God, clever girl. Yeah. <laughs> Quite terrifying because she probably jumps at it so the handle slams down. And she's done it to me before I'm sat in my office right now and I've got my headphones on. I can't really hear very much outside of you guys, but I will definitely hear that door handle slam and it makes you jump a million miles. So... Yeah. Yeah, it's quite terrifying. I think I'm going to have to swap them out for doorknobs because I'd be very impressed if she learns how to open those. Yeah, I wouldn't rule it out, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, we, we've got a cat. I mean, in our area, there's loads of cats. Um, but there's a cat I only see every, and this is absolutely true. I'm not making it up as, as a sort of comedy aside. I go out in the gut, every, I go out and garden quite early in the morning, so like hang washing up and stuff like that. And, every, and each morning, if I go out and look, there is a cat. I call him Bat Cat. This is true. <laughs> and the, the reason I call him Bat Cat, because his face is all black apart from where his sort of mouth and nose is, and that's white. Oh, so it's, it's like a cow. Oh, that's pretty good. And he's a quite a big cat, and he sits on that roof like he guards the whole garden. <laughs> Right. Like Every morning I see him up there, and then I'll be hanging and washing out. I go, oh, "Hey, back cat," and he's there just looking at me. There's no, there's no meow and none of that. He just looks at me. I hang the washing, and then I'll turn around at some specific point, and he's gone. <laughs> right. there's, there's no, there's no jumping. That he's just gone. Yeah, and it's probably because Gotham needs. Yeah, the, and it was like the other night. He, our patio windows. I was cooking or whatever, and then I went, "I'm just gonna open the patio windows," and I opened the curtains, and he was there, <laughs> just sitting, looking in, as if to go like. And Steve, our cat Steve, went running to the patio doors as if to say, I'm coming, I'm coming back, cat, what's wrong? What's the emergency? You know, there's trouble afoot. Um, and it was all very, it's all very squeaky. And then, uh, I got, I got Steve away, went back to the window and then back cat was gone. Wow. Most wow. awesome cat ever. That's I really want a cat. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. I had, uh, I've got a friend who's got a couple of cats and um, his house is quite small and he's got a lot of musical instruments and stuff because he plays the bass in a band. So he's got like a load of like amps and stuff piled up in his living room. And his cats have this habit of creeping up on top of the amps whilst you don't notice them and then leaping onto you from there. Oh. So all of a sudden it's like... <laughs> <laughs> it's really frightening. Basically ninja cats thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They just dive on you like, hi, here I am. And you're like... Whoa. Yeah, it's like Jeez. they don't think... That it's really going to affect you that much and then when you jump they're really offended they're like uh do you mind i was trying to land there and you're like yeah that's my actual flesh <laughs> yeah it's like oh dude calm down it's just yeah. jumping Jeez. i'll just i'll just head out into the kitchen then anytime you want to like crack on with food that'd be lovely <laughs> <laughs> um so so we've talked a lot about cats. Maybe we should go back sorry. to comics. So um, uh, <laughs> I feel I feel really sorry for the person who just randomly decided to start listening. Um, so what? I'm assuming you read comics. <laughs> yes. Yeah, uh, that's a good what, assumption. What comics are you reading at the moment? What's um, doing it for you? I'm. Uh, I tend to be more into like indie or standalone comics than like big series because I always find things like. Um, Marvel and DC can be a bit intimidating because there's so much of it you don't really know where to start. Mm. Um, so I think the last comic that I read was, uh, oh, what was the last comic I read? I think it was a book called Sacrifice. And I'm ashamed to say I'm not 100% sure of the author, but it was a really interesting comic about someone who time travels back to um, the Aztec era in South America. But obviously, as a modern person, they've got the knowledge that the Spanish are about to turn up and basically fuck everything up. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's quite an interesting book, and it was really beautifully drawn. Um, like, I really like it when people use limited color palettes, because you really get a very sort of strong sense of lighting and stuff. Um, and I think before that, probably, I read um, Kate Beaton's compilation book, uh, I think it's Hark of Agrant. She did loads of online web comics and then she put them all into a book and they're absolutely hysterical. They're just random little bits about historical events or literary like characters. Basically kind of just doing really silly stuff and it's really um it's really nicely laid out and her drawing style's so unique as well. Um other than that, 
I haven't actually read too many comics recently because I've, <laughs> I'm ashamed to say, because I've been working on my own stuff and, <laughs> you know. I don't, I don't think there's any shame in yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> no, I think, that, I think that's an acceptable reason. Yeah. Uh, it always sounds so arrogant to me when I say it out loud. I'm like, I don't have time to read other people's comics because I'm working on my own. And actually, it's I don't have time to do anything because because drawing. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> I wish I, I, I really do wish that I had read some more recently. And if I could go out and buy comics every week, I absolutely would do it because there's so many good ones out there at the moment. Um, but kind of as a substitute, I follow a lot of artists on Tumblr because it's nice to see what other people in your community are doing and kind of keep up with the latest stuff hmm. whilst being poor. So. <laughs> <laughs> So, so basically, it's, that's a cheap way to read comics, then. Yeah, or at least know what comics you're going to read when you can afford it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean that is the thing. I mean, you know, I'm, I suppose we're quite lucky as, as podcasters who review stuff because mm. we get we get access to a lot of comics. You know, I, I'm on I'm on the FTP sort of drive whatever for Image, so I have access to the entire back catalogue of Image comics, sure. which is, on one hand, great. I know that absolutely terrifying because <laughs> you, you've got access so to the cool entire catalogue of image comics, so you, and you literally are. Where on earth do I start? Yeah. Where, where where do I stop? How do I review? And you know, and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, but I do, I, I do find there's just so much stuff out there, mm-hmm. um, good stuff as well. Yeah, you know? it's, um, it's it's kind of a rising tide of very very talented people, which is quite uh humbling to watch actually mm. um and really sort of i'm i'm very proud and pleased to be involved with that many people as well because it's a really fun industry i love working in it and i'd love to work in it full time as well hint hint nudge nudge anybody who's listening who's not <laughs> a <good> job <laughs> but uh, yeah it's um it's definitely becoming much easier to access really unique looking and different and interesting comics written by so many different people as well thank god for the internet right yeah yeah well i mean it's i, I find because the, the current buzzword in com in comics and by, by comics i say mainstream comics and by that i just say dc and marvel yeah. um is is diversity mm. that's that's the that's the buzzword or in my case the swear word yeah. um and you know everyone's like you need to do more diversity in dc marvel you need to do more this than ever whereas in pretty much everywhere else you look everyone's already doing that it's already there. Yeah. and 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 has been doing that pretty darn well for mm. years yeah i you think know. it's a great thing about the indie comic industry in particular mm. is a lot of people write from their own point of view um and that means that with diversity and gender equality and gender representation those writers are already there because those people exist if that yeah. makes sense yeah so yeah it's um i totally get what you're saying though about dc they, they talk about that a lot and it's like people are already doing it yeah i think the problem is from a larger point of view i i, I get why people are on dc marvel's backs is is the fact that they're they're the two that are seen by, I want to say the norms, mm-hmm. but, you know, they're, they're the ones that are seen by, by mainstream media. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. When people look at mainstream media, you talk about Marvel, and it's usually Marvel movies, DC movies. Sure. Most mainstream media, all, their only sort of exposure is 
Marvel and DC. So they, I think a lot of them literally believe that that's all there is. Mm. Oh, it's yeah. Just, it's, it's I Marvel. did for a really long time. Like before I properly got into comics, I just thought that comics were all just like Spider-Man and Superman and that was pretty much yeah. it. And it was only when like I met Rich that he was like, there's a lot of stuff too, you Wally. And we yeah. went to Nostalgia <laughs> in Birmingham and I was like, oh my God, look at all these comics. Yeah. Um, I think the difficulty for, and I'm not like defending them here or anything, but I think the difficulty for Marvel and DC is that they get backlash whatever they do. Mm-hmm. So like they they don't have any women creators and everybody goes bananas. They get some women on. Oh well, it's just token women. No, like what's the and it's they're kind of damned if they do and damned if they don't. It's a bit difficult. But um, sure. I mean, I just mean, do it. Just do it. Yeah, though. Yeah. it's good practice, isn't it? <laughs> like who cares what people say? <laughs> you know, it's it's difficult though because I think the other problem as well is that it's like for some reason, and it's not just comics. Like in a lot of different media for some reason people think you can only tackle one diversity issue at a time yeah. like you know we've got we've got no women so we'll sort the women out first and then we'll give it a couple of years and we've got no like lgbt plus you know so then we'll tackle that and then oh we've got no you know people of color so then we'll tackle that like why well, can't we just fucking throw everything into the mix and sort it out come on guys <laughs> it can't be that it can't be that hard to find talented women men you know, people who don't even, like, gender-fluid people, because that's another thing, is not everybody is a woman or a man, and, you know, I, it just makes me cross, because I see so much out there, especially um since I started podcasting and I've got a bit more of a sort of comic-y-based social circle. There are so many different types of people out there telling really good stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It'd be really easy to just pluck a few of them out and go, here you go, yeah. have a book. <laughs> It'd be wonderful. <laughs> it just drives me a bit mad. I think DC should just let me go and work for them for a bit. I think the problem that one of the problems that I find I'll I'll talk much more about diversity later when I've been drinking. Um, but I, I think the the problem that really annoys me, and specifically, so look at the um, the, the current thing with the new Iron Man, mm-hmm. um, is the fact that they can't just do something, and by that I mean they can't just they can't just bring out a, an Iron Man comic where you know Iron Man happens to be a fifteen year old black woman. Mm-hmm. Black, well, not black, black girl. You know, mm-hmm. they can't just do it. You know, they can't just bring out a comic where four is now female. It always has to come with a, a fanfare and a trumpet and a heavenly host yeah. and a, and a, a press releases and on Entertainment Today it's all announced. Because for me, then it just it's then just a thing. Yeah. You're not just doing it because. It, and it, I don't know, it just feels like, look how great we are. Look, mm. we're looking after you. Look how great we are. As opposed to just do it. Just bloody do it like you're doing any other comic. Yeah, I totally agree. I think sometimes it, it does feel a bit sort of like, hey, guys, look, Thor's a woman now. And it's like, it really shouldn't matter. Can she still smack people with the hammer? Great, yeah. then. <laughs> she's doing the job. Like, yeah. you know, There's no need to highlight the fact that she's a woman in the same way that if Iron Man overnight suddenly became a black 15 year old girl there wouldn't really be too much need to highlight that i mean i think the only thing you'd have to address is wow iron man's 15 now okay he's probably (laughs) going to react to things a bit differently but like the fact that they're black or female is kind of like we don't need to have a massive like justification for that it's just Mm -hmm. this is the character now and the sad thing is, though, you do have a lot of people out there who are kind of like, oh, female Ghostbusters, female superheroes, and you're like, oh, shut up. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> but I think the, the thing is, as well, what really annoys me, like, again, with the four and the Iron Man example, is, right, I'm fairly confident if you put up a picture which shows a 15-year-old 
girl holding the helmet and you said this is your new Iron Man that I'm pretty sure I'm going to figure out that hey that's a 15 year old black girl yeah. I don't think you need to give me a headline to say Iron Man is a 15 year old black girl so I, yeah. I, it's kind of implied by the by the image yes I have eyes I can see that uh, yeah so you've got a female thought yeah I kind of got that it's the, it's the fanfare around half measures that bothers me because yeah. all this stuff we brought up like Thor being a woman Captain America being um, Sam Wilson for a bit they they're all they they make a big fanfare of them like oh this is us addressing the diversity issue but you know the things that are not going to stay that way yeah. because Thor is Thor Thor's not a name you hand down to people that's his like Thor is Thor Thor will eventually be a dude again because that's who Thor is yeah. Captain America will eventually be st- well I think he already is Steve Rogers he's, again he's already come back in. <laughs> he's already back and he's already young again and he's not Sam Wilson I know that that yeah. was real he was fast. a werewolf for a couple of issues as was well he? Sam Wilson was <laughs> that made perfect sense um, so it's it's like it feels to me like I don't understand why we can't just have superheroes like why they've got to change current ones just bring out like new ones or introduce revamp more people women. introduce yeah. more black people just you know introduce just, yeah. new heroes that cover yeah. the yeah. diversity that like and I, I know you can't see the cyan finger quoting <laughs> <laughs> the diversity issue you know it's yeah. like just introduce more characters that accurately represent your audience like wonder woman i mean i don't have you guys seen batman versus superman yes, yes. okay um, I'm not going to go into my opinions on that film because I know lots of people like <laughs> it. And Did I? Wasn't I? <laughs> one of them, but I have to say, I really enjoyed Wonder Woman for like the whole <laughs> 20 minutes that she was in it. Yeah. Um, like her fight scene at the end, she was the only one who was actually kicking ass. Batman and Superman were kind she of having amazing. a bitch slap fest at the back. Yeah. And she was like, oh, guys, giant monster. Okay, no, I'll handle it. It's fine. Yeah. You know? There's, there's a wicked bit where she gets punched to the ground. Yeah. And she kind of rubs her chin and smiles as if yeah. to say, oh, okay, now yeah. it's on. It's on. Yeah. <laughs> like, the thing I loved about that. I'm going to mess you up, bro. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The thing I loved about her was the fact that, like, because. This is one of the problems with that movie is that it sets up Doomsday as being like, this is a thing that's, it's, you know, strong enough to kill Superman. Like, this is a big, bad, dangerous mofo of a thing. Wonder Woman's totally holding her own against it and having a fucking ace time while she's doing it. Yeah. <laughs> she's just like, yeah, punch. Even tries. Like, the other guys are kind of like, oh, well, you know, we're basically screwed. Never mind. And she's like, um, no, I'm going to punch it in the face. Let's yeah. that. Because they even get all, they're, they're still doing the kind of epic talk and they're going, oh, it's from another world. Yeah. Oh. She's already, and she's like, oh, yeah, I've already killed things from other worlds. Let's yeah. just crack on, shall we? <laughs> if it, as, long, as long as it's got a physical form, I can punch. I'm yeah. Good. yeah. <laughs> can I punch it? Problem solved. <laughs> yeah. I've just realised that we're coming up to the last like three minutes of our <gasps> rambling. That's gone really quick. Yeah, it's gone really quick. We barely talked about you. Um, <laughs> that's that's a common theme of this. <laughs> yeah, that, that that has been a theme so far. It really has. Um, where can people find you and your wares on Tinternet and stuff? Oh, um, you can find me. I'm actually on a couple of platforms. You can find me on Tumblr, um, shanjefferson.tumblr.com. I know some people don't get along with Tumblr, though, so I'm also on DeviantArt, which is shanjefferson.deviantart.com, and I'm on Twitter as well, um, at shanjefferson. So uh, if you feel the need to tweet at me or follow me, those are probably the best places to do it. Um, and they're usually where I will update my comic, which has unfortunately been on hold a little bit at the moment because uh, being an adult is hard. <laughs> 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 yes, yes, yeah. it is. And um, 
there hopefully will be some new projects going up on those sites soon. I can't really say too much, but I am working on something new. So keep an eye on that stuff if you're interested in more sarcasm and people waving swords around. Wait. And skeleton slapping. And skeleton slapping, although I haven't had any of that recently, but I might have to bring it back now. <laughs> it's got to be done. It's got to be done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, don't, I, I can hear the cogs turning a bit here. We can bring another skeleton into the story. Awesome. Yeah, I was literally like, where am I going to put one of those in? But I think I've already figured that out. So, <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a really lovely little chat. Yeah, yeah thank you for inviting me. And... Um, for those of you who are listening, donate to the Alzheimer's Society. It's a really important and very, very good cause. And it's something that affects so many people. And uh, I'm pretty sure that if we get together on this one, we can kick its ass in the same way that we're already going after cancer and HIV. We are coming for you, Alzheimer's. So, yeah. Do that. <laughs> right. <laughs> just, thought, just, he just looked at me I just in his face and was like, right, let's go. What are we doing next? Yeah. And I'm like, Whoa. Well, you're the host. You're, I'm, I'm co-host. Uh, yeah, uh, well, I'm going to hang up on Sean first. Okay. So, okay. so I'm going to say bye to her. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've had enough of you, Sean. Bye, Sean. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for having Aww. me, guys, and good luck with the rest of the podcast. Thank, Thank you. you. All right. See you soon. Bye. See ya. Okay. Um, that was good, wasn't it? That was good. And we're three hours in. Yeah, I know. Three hours down, only 21 to go. Yeah, have we got anything on the, on the social media front? Oh, I've made so many new friends. Have we? Uh, oh. Yeah, there's this guy who is at New Mutant who is drawing comics while listening to the show. Oh, hello, ah. Alan. He's showed a bit of a preview of it to Hi, us, Alan. which is lovely. Uh, someone has specifically said, um, what is the donation amount to show you changing into your new Oh, good point. Uh, yeah. What's an the... An actual video. I think they just want to see it on this well, well, A, it, if, to just change the top would be a tenner mm. for, sounds really sleazy now, yeah. for, for, for an actual video periscope change that yeah. will say 20. <laughs> no, we'll say 15. I mean, that's a bit much. Well, I mean, for 20, I'll put some smooth jazz on in the background. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's fine. Yeah. It's all for charity. And yeah, speaking of, just giving.com forward slash SPCP live too. Boom. Go and give us some dollars. I'm gonna have to suck. I'm gonna have to suck my stomach in. So. <laughs> you haven't got a stomach. Shall we call Nigel? Yeah. We're gonna to talk to Nigel Optolune. I had to ask him how to pronounce his name, oh, and I love first, it. That's my first question. I love it. Before. It's a wonderful name. I'm gonna call him. It's gonna happen. Oh, why you do that? That's the that's the comic book. Ooh. That new mutant is doing at the moment. Nice. Nice. Hello, Alan. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Ooh. Hello. Cool, blimey, you're energetic. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I can't, I'm already flagging. That's, that's not the right thing to say when we've only been doing this for three hours. I know, going, someone's I know. energetic. I did. Well, it's hot in here. What? <laughs> <laughs> right, we'll, we'll start again. Hello, Nigel. Hi. Hello. Hello. I was. Uh, I had. I was listening to this. Listening to you whilst listening to you on Skype as well, so there's a bit of a delay. Uh, uh, I got confused. I got confused who I was talking to, and uh, for a minute then I thought I was talking to myself. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can do that if you like, but it'd be a bit rude while we're here. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I do that all the time, talk to myself. Yeah, I do it a lot at work, and it usually involves a lot of swear words. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> welcome to the show. Uh, it's, good. it's good to be here. Thanks for having me on. That's all right. I'm excited. I um, I, I've already talked about how much I love your surname. Um, 
So we can move on from that, I think. I do love it a lot. I know, it's a shame, though, because I, I had a question written down which literally says, how the holy heck do you pronounce your surname? It's the first question I asked him. <laughs> uh, it helps to know that it's Scottish. So once you know it's Scottish, it's Och Tamuni, as in Och Tamuni. Do you know what? Oh, it God. still wouldn't have helped me because I'm still a, I'm a, I'm atrocious at pronouncing stuff. Me too. Right. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> well, it's a cool name, don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not dissing the name. <laughs> <laughs> I'm now just like a little bit scared that you might have heard my Scottish accent earlier and that was really bad and possibly slightly offensive. Yeah, it, was. it was. No, no, I was out earlier. Oh, okay. I got a grade of games because the youngest son wants it. Uh, Overwatch. <laughs> oh, oh, that's the that's the new video game, isn't it? Mm. Yes, yeah, so uh, it's sold out though, so he's, he's had to go further afield. Ooh, that's never good. I'm not good no. at video games. Barry and I have discussed this before. I get too scared. <laughs> I'm <laughs> such a giant wuss. Anyway, let's talk about you. Let's not... Um, yeah, let's, let's talk about everything else. Talk about me. Yeah. <laughs> Damn right. So, for those people listening who may not know who you are, who are you? I'm Nigel. I uh, I suppose I'm most well-known for writing uh, Dennis and Menace and those sort of things uh, for the Bean app. So how did you, how did you first get involved? I was going to say... How I thought you... there was going to be more to that, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not very good at bringing myself up, so... I think uh, it's a British thing, yeah. I, I, do you know what? I, I found that that is very much a, like, I was going to say British, Scottish, Welsh, um, compared to, like, over in the States. Um, and I know, like, when I, when we sort of doing the podcast and things like that, like, I've done a lot of things now. We've interviewed a lot of people. People go, oh, it's really great what you're doing, whatever. And I always go, it's just, we just sit in a room and talk nonsense <laughs> for an hour. It's nothing yes. to be, it's nothing to get, yeah, it's nothing to get excited about. But I, I, I found, especially when I talk to, and you've just typified that, when I, when I talk to other sort of comic creators and stuff, they're very self-deprecating, very mm-hmm. kind of like, well, yeah, it's okay if you like that kind of thing. It's like, but it's, it's your product, mate. Germany, we're trying yes. to, we're trying to, you know, we're trying to pimp it, you know, so, like, yeah, so it's, it's okay. It's not bad. I know it's great. And I'm trying to tell people that it's great. Well, no, but it's all right, you know. I've I've written a comic, but please, please do not read it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's very much so. And even when you go to sort, of, even when you go to conventions, actually, what I find when I go to comic conventions is it's um, it's it's for either end of the spectrum. You either get uh, creators who you don't want to sort of make eye contact with as you walk down the aisle because they will straight away be up going, "Come on, come on here, come on here." Nine times out of ten, people are sitting quietly hoping that you might pop over to their table and then they will talk to you. Um, whereas I find whenever we talk to sort of the American sort of creators, um, and I'm not using that kind of a, the, the Americanism where they're sort of like, oh, really over the top, but they're just much more like happy to effectively pimp their stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know? And I, uh, yeah, I suffer really badly from that. I think uh, I don't go to any um, comic cons or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I've been to one once and. Uh, also, I'm doing something wrong on social media. I don't know what it is, but, uh, it's, uh, you know, it doesn't seem to be working. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's everyone on social media, Nigel. I, yeah. I don't think it's just you. I don't, I don't know how to do promotion. Like, I, I mean, I'm only trying to promote a podcast, but people ask me about it. And I'm like, oh, you know, you can find it on the internet. You probably will like it. Actually, forget it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, I, I think it's really, I think, um, I think marketing, uh, your, yourself and, and what you're selling is really difficult. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, 
much more difficult these days with social media because a there's so many avenues by which to market yourself is thing number one mm. um you know it's not like the good old days when you could get a sandwich board that says the, the end of the world is now and walk up and down the high street um i mean you, you could know, do it, <laughs> it's, it's nowadays there's so many different ways to sort of market yourself and it's like what's the best way and every person's got a different answer to that question and then when you get on social media what's the fine line between a talking a little bit about yourself so people Get start to get invested in you to every five minutes saying, buy my comic, buy my comic, buy my comic. Mm. Um, and finding the time to be doing all of that while still producing your comic or whatever it is that you're trying to get out there. Um, and I think it's a really difficult thing to, to manage. I, I don't know anyone who's really done it, you know, 100% successfully. Mm-hmm. No, I don't know anyone who's done it either. No, so I think, I think the most important thing about social media. Uh, to make to be successful at it is to is to have started ten years ago. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I mean, you're absolutely right. Um, I think now so many people like now everyone wants to be a YouTube star. Everyone wants to, yes. be, you know. Not um, me. I saw myself on the telly a couple of weeks ago and I fucking hated it. Yeah. <laughs> it's the worst. My kid, my kid wants to do YouTube. He loves his YouTubers. He doesn't watch TV. He doesn't watch TV at all. He watches yeah. just YouTubers all the time. Mm. Well, it was weird because I, I think it was at the um. DMCM um, comic convention, which is the bigger one down in London. Um, and they had a, I was looking at down the guest list and there was a load of people on that list. I was thinking, I have no, no, you know what it was? It was MasterChef. Stick, stick with me. Stick with me. I know, I know. Everyone's looking at me really weird. Just, just stick with me. It will all become apparent. So I was watching MasterChef. Oh, what are you saying? No, I was at, uh, I was at, um, Comic-Con in San Diego. No, wait a minute. I was watching MasterChef. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> so I was watching, and not just MasterChef, celebrity MasterChef. Oh, it's, it's important. It's important to the story. And so they ruled off these lists, you know, the, the Z list celebrities, which I was expecting. And then there was this one guy. I'm like, I have no idea who you are. Like, not even a clue yes. until they started talking to him. And it turned out he's a YouTube, YouTuber. He had his own show or whatever. And the guy sort of said to him, well, you know, how, you know, how many people watch your show? How are you doing with it? And he goes, that's not too bad. And he has something like a million people watch his YouTube. And his YouTube is literally him just doing like funny things on YouTube. That's it. And he has like a million like people. But I think, (laughs) I think when he started, he started a significant amount of time ago when Mm -hmm. YouTube was still that kind of wild west of media. And I think the problem now, it's the same, I think podcasting is the same thing. Um, when we started, there was, I think, two other comic podcasts. Um, now you could literally walk out the door and trip over a comic podcast. <laughs> um, there's, there's, there's so many of them now. Mm. Um, and I think that's the thing. I think you're exactly right. You've, you've got to get in early. Um, but you then working on the basis of that thing you've got in early is actually going to be the next big thing. Which is which is why it comes back to doing what you're passionate about, and, and definitely not investing in Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Who knew, eh? Yeah, I think I don't do it enough just because I enjoy doing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's not fun, so uh, I don't do it. People say people said originally like, oh, you need to get on. Um, what was it originally? Uh, MySpace. MySpace. Yeah, I had a MySpace page. Wow. I've I've worked for companies in the past uh, where the solution has been, uh, oh, we'll have something go viral. So we'll do a video or we'll do, we'll do a picture. uh, And then when it goes viral, uh, yeah, yeah, I've been trying to do that for, yeah. Something, something of mine went viral once. 
Um, <laughs> but, uh, I thought, uh, I thought, hey, well, this, this is it then, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. it, was, it, was, uh, it was, uh, one of my political cartoons. And it was, uh, uh, I'll not describe it, but it was one of my political cartoons. And, uh, they got shared a few thousand times, you know, when, when, uh, when I was blowing up on social media, uh, this one time, this one thing I did, uh, went viral. Yeah. Um, the notifications on my phone, I got a little notification thing where the phone goes, bzz, you know. Yeah. Uh, and then, and normally it does that, like, once a week. Bzz, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it was just, it was just going, bzz, 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 all the time. And, like, you could, uh, if you pressed refresh, it would have been, like, shared another 10 times, whatever, you know. So I was thinking that would be it. And that would, uh, um, I would have like some, because it was a political cartoon, it would be like a new career for me. And I'd be doing the Beano <laughs> half the time and the other half of the time I'd be a political, political cartoonist because, because uh, obviously like hundreds of thousands of people have seen it. And, uh, and one of those hundreds of thousands of people will be the right person. Yeah. Um, and then like, um, a day later, it all stops and it got away. And that was it, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't the solution to anything. You know, it was just, uh, it was, um, it was weird for a bit and that was it. I would say going viral is, is weird for a bit. <laughs> we, we had, we had one thing, um, go viral and that does sound weird when you say that. Um, yes. <laughs> and it was, I'd done a, I'd done a hashtag, which basically was, um, you, you know, you're a geek if. Yeah. And I, I started that hashtag at the morning. Um, and I do these things every so often. And, and that's what I mean about doing things to crash, but I thought it was a fun thing to do, not to try and get something to go viral. I just thought it'd be a fun thing to do. But by the end of the day, it had got ridiculously, it, you know, like you say, phone was going all the time, you know, notifications, all sorts, all sorts. And again, I had that same thing. I thought, well, this is it, isn't it? But I just, this I've time, made it. I've made it this time next week. I'll be like Scrooge McDuck and dive, you know, <laughs> diving into money and stuff and top hat and, you know, life is like a hurricane and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, then Wednesday came. <laughs> <laughs> Reality set in. It was like, oh, right. Oh. I, I guess I'll just make breakfast as always and go to work then. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was Scrooge McDuck though, where he used to dive into his money. That's that, not his, his money was cash, wasn't it? His money was like. Yeah. Like, uh, pound coins, it looked like. Yeah, it was like, yeah. That would hurt, surely. I, 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 I always thought that about when you, that you dive into the money. I always thought it was really cool. And if I had loads of money like that, I'd love to do that. But no, I wouldn't. would perhaps want to have a crash helmet or, or something. Yeah. I can't imagine you could easily swim through it like you used to either. So it must be really, I don't know, it just does it. Well, it's a cartoon, guys. What are we doing? I also, well, no, I mean, no, I mean, it's, it's, you got me with Scrooge McDuck now. And the thing I never got about Scrooge McDuck was that everyone liked, well, everyone kind of liked him. Yes. But he, he he's a bit of an arse. He was though, a bit of an arse. Yeah. I never well, quite yes. understood. He's, he's responsible for the way the world is now, isn't he? Well, I mean, the I mean, whole like, banking system was run by Scrooge McDucks. Pretty much. <laughs> uh, I mean, really, Brett Fix was down to him, so. <laughs> You know that thing that uh, Oxfam say where like uh, half the world's money is in like 12 bank accounts or something like that? One of those bank accounts is Scrooge McDuck's bank account, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I, d I don't imagine that he trusts bankers. I think that's why he just has his own like vault, vault of money. Of money yes. because he's yeah. like, I'm not trusting you with it. Yeah. Lowly workers. I mean, I get excited when I get, uh, when I was, when I was coming up Stasis to do the podcast, I thought I better get some money out of the cab and I got out 50 quid. And it came out in tens, and I was like, "This is the most money I've had in my hand in months." 
<laughs> I couldn't necessarily dive in it, but I was thinking maybe I could rub my elbows over it or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, Give but, yourself some lovely paper cuts. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you do political cartoons then? Yes, yeah. I've got like this uh, split personality where I draw, uh, I draw and write um, kid stuff, uh, mostly for the B, you know. And, uh, and I've got this other, other side of me where I, I do political stuff for, just for Twitter and Facebook, really. That's, uh, that's the, the bit of my career that doesn't work at all, doesn't make any money at all. <laughs> <laughs> but that's interesting because we were talking to Jamie Smart earlier and it's a, it's a similar sort of thing, albeit different, but there's a split where he does, um, like children stuff and you mentioned the being or stuff like that. But also as well, he does shouty, sweary comics, his, his wording, not mine. Yes. Um, so if you do political cartoons, you must be having a whirl at the time at the moment. I was going to say, quids in. Wow, yeah, quids in. <laughs> I've been a bit quiet recently because I've been at St. Paul's last week. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you come back? What did I miss? <laughs> yeah, there's whole breaks of things like uh, insane, yeah, isn't it? It's, um, I mean, it's, it's a good time for people who like to comment on such things, but uh, I don't, uh, yeah, yes. I, I, I literally wake up on the, well, I literally go to bed on a daily basis expecting to be woken halfway through the night and it's the Grim Reaper going, yeah, mate, oh, it's time. Because <laughs> the world's ending and seeing the horseman in the pockets riding past. Because it's just kind of like, wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird, it's weird to watch the news. I watch the news parts and it's weird to watch the news when they actually have some news. Normally they're... Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, I know. They're trying to make a big thing out of the small yeah, it's odd. Odd times. May you live in interesting times, I say, don't I? Yeah, I, I, I just wanted to live in. I'd take boring. I, 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 I'd take I just boring wanted profitable times where I didn't have to work. I, that's all I wanted. It's not much uh, to ask for. Yeah, you have fun with the pain, does it? Is now. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. So I, so um, one of the things I was saying before to um, Cyan, he was on before, was um, the great thing about doing stuff is we've been obviously having to go and read comics and stuff like that. And um, so I read your, is it Moving North? Yes. Yeah, so I, I started to read some of that stuff. Um, cracking, oh, by the way. Oh, thank you very much. I do love a bit of disaster slash post-apocalyptic stuff anyway. That's that's like my jam. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, that's, that's political as well, isn't it? Yes, yeah. Um, At the end, there's a little political jab. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's... that's um, the first one of those I did was called Really Big TV, and it was just about um, another political thing, really. It was just just about how these how about a lot of people say, "Well, these people are dull or whatever." They've always got a big telly, you know. And it, uh, and they're they're cross. They're cross that somebody like who hasn't got a job has got a telly, or you know, they're cross that um, like a refugee has got a phone or something. You know, they're angry about it. So, but it struck me that uh, a lot of the, a lot of people. If if the world ended, our world, our society, whatever, collapsed and fell apart, um, some people would be better off. Yeah, yeah. Some people, some people at the bottom, the people at the bottom, would probably be better off. It's society that that, that, that holds holds some people down. You know, so uh, so that was that was the my take on it. You know, what I mean, what, what <laughs> there are people who who. Uh, they would find themselves much better off if everything, if there was a zombie apocalypse or something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I always but, have this morbid curiosity about what I would, what would happen like to me specifically if something like that occurred, and uh, and part of me kind of wants it to happen just to see, but then I think no, you'd be terrible at that. 
Like, I just, if everything fell apart, I'd just be like, test. oh. Yeah, it's like, it's two things I like about, uh, there's two futures, isn't there? There's mm-hmm. the Star Trek you told me. <laughs> yeah. And there's the, the, the other side, the, like the zombie apocalypse or whatever, the, the, some sort of, uh, collapse or something, like Mad Max, uh, version, you know. And, uh, you just gotta think, which way are we going at the minute? Which yeah. Way are we uh, yeah. <laughs> see, because in in one of those scenarios, I you know as a as a a computer programmer and be a black guy, I do quite well. Um, so in, in the Star Trek Utopia, you can be strangely, Mike, but stick with me, right? Um, you, in the Star Trek Utopia, I'm going to probably end up being like your Geordie Geordie Forge type character at the helm. You know, I wear glasses anywhere I'm halfway there. You know, so. <laughs> So I think I'd do all right, you know, maybe not engineering, but I think I'd do all right on that one. On the other scenario, I think I'd be rubbish because I am a self-confessed coward. Right. Um, I, I, I can't fight for any kind of, yes, I've got brown belt and karate, but just got that. Um, so I can't really fight. So all I would end up being, and let's be honest, every single cliche demands that I would be some kind of sassy sidekick that's going to get killed in about 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, it, it, you know, the whole, that side of it, the walking dead side of it, it's not going to end well for me. It's, it's just right. not. And, and because my best friend, because of Dave, he's my other best friend, he also happens to be black. Spoiler. Um, <laughs> to, to, we've always joked about this and said two of us in that situation, we're going to struggle. We're both relatively humorous people, both black. Only one can survive. It's like, it's, it's like, it's, it's like Thunderdome. Do you know what I mean? It's just, it's, it's not going to work out. So no, I'm I'm rooting for um that we'll have this period of instability and then um aliens will turn up like they did in first contact, Vulcans, and sort us all out and it'll all be Star Trek next gen. But the see I don't think I would work in either scenario. Because I don't really have any discernible skills other than being a woman. And I don't know if that's a skill Because <laughs> um, I'm a wuss and I'm not really physically fit and uh, I don't really uh have any skills in that. Like, but you wear glasses, so you well, look I do intelligent. Wear glasses. And if I look over the top of them, apparently yeah. it's sexy. Yeah, and you've got headphones. <laughs> in a in a zombie apocalypse scenario, you can't really fall back on your podcasting skills. Okay? Yeah, <laughs> or or, look, yeah. or peering sexily over yeah. your glasses. No, <laughs> unless I was in a unless we were in a bunker and we and we ran a a twenty four hour like twenty four whatever day podcast called Freedom Radio. The voice, the voice of the apocalypse. I could do it. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're keeping people updated on what's going on and where they shouldn't be going and stuff like that. Shit, still. I've scary just things. saved our lives. <laughs> I hadn't even realised. Wow. Well, the, it's called what it's called is the last podcast, and it is. You, you're in there in your bunker. Film, the film's called the last podcast. Um, <laughs> Barry looks very happy with this idea. Um, well, my my go-to is is normally it's a toss-up between Samuel Jackson and. Um, Denzel Washington. Yeah. One's going to get an Oscar, mm. one isn't. <laughs> you know. You could get an Idris Elba in there. Oh, he's yeah. Oh, oh, oh. He's got gravitas. <laughs> yeah, Idris. That's, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah I'd that's like a good that. call. I've got no idea on my phone. Like, someone mildly amusing. Okay. That'll do. Well, I'm thinking about it, but that's going to be a lot of dead air, so. What about, what about you, Nigel? Who would you get? I don't know. I'm stuck on Samuel Jackson. I know he's black and I'm white, but he's yeah. <laughs> We're both bald, so uh... yeah. But you just you just call it a re- you just call it a reboot, and you'd be laughing. 
Yes, that's it. Oh, and then it'd be the backlash on Twitter <laughs> yeah. about why they changed my colour. So. Yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't believe they've cast Samuel Jackson as Nigel. I can't believe they've done that. That's ridiculous. I've, I've met Nigel and he's whiter than cotton paint. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, if you're saying white and bald, maybe a Bruce Willis. Yes, yes, I think yeah, yes. Yeah. I like the way you leapt on that trail. Yeah, I could do <laughs> Bruce Willis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll take a Bruce Willis any time. Jason Statham, yeah, I think, uh, Jason Statham, maybe. My husband legitimately wants Jason Statham to be the next Doctor Who. Right. (laughs) (laughs) What a brilliant reaction, right. (laughs) What if doors were good? Because he just kicked them in. (laughs) Personally, I... I did uh, I I like Doctor Who a lot, and I do my my own fan fiction on Doctor Who's and things like that. Oh, awesome! And one of the uh, one of the very early ones was uh, where uh, Doctor Who was uh, like being attacked by the Daleks and his sexy um, Mila type um, companions. Like, well, what are we going to do? And uh, so Doctor Who says, "We're going to f him up," and he just like <laughs> <laughs> he pulls us out of the store. The eye thing pulls like the, the top disc off and then just like starts laying into the rest of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going, uh, uh, I was going a little bit off, uh, off model there, I guess, but, uh, yeah. No, 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 that's fine. I'd like, to, I'd like to see Ray Winston play the next Doctor. Oh, dear. That'd be awesome. Just kick an open door and shut it. <laughs> 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 Doctor, we've got to get back to TARDIS. Shut it. That's all he says for an episode. I Shit. still think the Doctor needs a brummy companion. <clears throat> yeah, true, yeah. Davros, have it. Have it. He <laughs> 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 just, he just headbutts Davros. <laughs> you want some? Him. Get a bit tasty, are you, darling? You want it? <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I, I've given it a lot of thought. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't quite get over this image in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, if you stick a scarf around his neck and a little hat and a fedora hat, he'd look like Tom Baker anyway, just shorter. Nice. And <laughs> um, um, perhaps more cockney. P- perhaps. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, okay, more cockney. Considerably yeah. more cockney. <laughs> um, so in terms of like your political crimes, we're quite interested because, um, so we're, besides, is it just, do you just sit, watch the news and that just, informs what you're going to use or is it just walking about or is it newspapers or yeah it's just whatever turns up and what I um, obviously not being paid for it or anything uh, just put them on Twitter and Facebook it's not something I uh, I have to do regularly it's just whenever a, uh, a new story turns up uh, and I do one on it you know uh, I get people saying uh, oh these are great and you're the best political cartoonist I know um, but but then that's it, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but there's no money that there's no money that comes with that, though. Yeah. I gotta every now and again I get like comments on my blog or something like that saying you're great. Um, why does why aren't you famous? And I said, well, uh, I sort of am, uh, but you don't still don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I uh, I remember I did uh, I put uh, I think it was twenty five pages, so I put a comic on on the blog that was 25 pages long. Uh, bam! Free! Free 25-page comic. I uh, spent ages on it. And uh, the only comment was, uh, lasers is spelled with an S. Oh. 
I just, you just, you just gotta love it. This is what it goes back to what we were saying before, though. Like, I just do not understand the internet because sometimes, like, I'll put something on Twitter and I'll think, God, that's the funniest fucking thing I've ever said. That's gonna get all the likes and all the retweets, and it's gonna be the best. And I'll stare at my phone for like three hours and nothing will happen. Yeah. And then one day I'll tweet something about I don't know sitting on the toilet having a something I don't know doing something strange and people will be like ha ha that's great that and do all the retweets. <laughs> yes. This doesn't make any what I just don't understand it. Yeah, it is. It is literally the internet makes no sense whatsoever. Not to me anyway. I also like I'm a proper old person when it comes to like computers and stuff because I don't really understand a lot of so like I downloaded Periscope yesterday for today mm. and right. just went I don't get it and put it back down <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like that with Tumblr Demon. Well. I, don't, I don't understand t- I'm like ah I just threw my phone across the room <laughs> <laughs> no the internet's strange I don't know how to work it no I don't think uh, for me it's, it's, it's social media that's just, that's just strange mm. it's just... I think it's very brave to do political comics and stuff because like one of the best and worst things about the internet is the fact that you can reach so many people yes. in one fell swoop. There must be some people who come back to you and just be like, no, I'm going to have an argument with you about this. Yeah, right. did, yeah, yeah. Did. I remember a good one there where George Osborne was talking to the people at Google. You know when he, when like Google sort of didn't pay as much as they could have done? You know? Yes. I think, uh, I think our solutions sent George Osborne uh, <laughs> and then like Google would say, well, uh, I know we owe a billion, but how about if we pay a hundred million? You know, that kind of thing. Uh, the French solution was, uh, they had their offices raided. So, <laughs> 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 uh, uh, I did some cartoon with George Osborne's like, Google was just pointing out, uh, about how little tax his, his own company has paid. And, uh, and then somebody tweeted me back saying, uh, George Osborne never actually met. Uh, the the you know the owner or whatever of, of Google himself personally. So you lie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's not actually a lie. It's a cartoon. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's it's satirical. <laughs> no, because everything that's written down is is real. You it's, know that, right? That's all fact. Yeah, you have to believe it's all facts. I know. I know. It's all truths and facts. But it's a lot of the it's like the, the death threats and stuff like that. It's just <gasps> it's so what. Yeah, that's wow. the, that's the side of it that really scares me. Like, I'm kind of glad I don't. I, I'm not famous for anything because people are scary. Yeah, <laughs> that's when you know you've made it. When you, that's when you know you're <laughs> successful. When, uh, when people are threatening you with all, all sorts of nonsense. Yeah. So the next time somebody <laughs> says, like, next time I see you, I'm going to tear your throat. You can come home and pour yourself a large glass of wine and yeah. say, I've made it. I'm here. Yes. Yeah. I'm here. <laughs> I was actually I was actually joking about that with a friend the other day and then he went onto the podcast um Facebook group and just wrote a post about how shit it was. And he was like, Yeah, you're all shit and uh and you're crap and you don't know what you're doing and everything you say is lies and nonsense and I was like, Oh, thanks, Neil, but nobody else got it because it was a conversation we'd had entirely separately to everyone else. <laughs> um I think people think Neil's a bit weird. And he is a little bit, but there we go. Anyway, so in terms of your, I've got, I've got it down as friendly, child friendly and not so child friendly work. Which is your preferred area to work in? Or you, um, I mean, I would say the child friendly stuff, but, um, what I try and do with, um, Dennis and Menace and, uh, all the other things I write for the Beano, I think that I write Dennis and Menace, um, and, um, uh, Tricky Dicky and, uh, 
the gnome schools um, and things like that. But um, quite a few. But uh, I try, I try and do it so it's all ages. You know, so so it's like um, you know the cartoons people watch, like Adventure Time, where where adults are continually surprised that they like it. You know what I mean? I thought <laughs> this is just for kids. You know, um, a lot of grown-ups think that if something's for children, they can't enjoy it. And, yeah. And and vice versa, you know, and something's for adults and children can't enjoy it. You know? But I try and go for, um, there's a menace, especially a kind of sitcom feel where, where anybody could read it. I often get like people, uh, grown ups, uh, being surprised, being surprised that they, they read it and they actually laughed and they actually thought it was funny. You know? Um, so yeah, I try and go for that, um, mostly. Um, the, uh, the stuff, uh, that I do that's not for kids. Um, every now and again, I might have an extra swear word in it or, or something. Um, but there isn't that much difference, really. That, not really. Um, some of the, uh, the adult stuff has had mentioned sex and things like that in the past. Uh, but it's, uh, yeah, I, I, I try and go for, for all ages. I don't like the, um, you know, uh, films like Shrek. Yeah. Uh, they might hide adult references. Um, you know, a, a cheeky adult joke that for the, uh, for the grown-ups that only the adults would get. Um, I don't like doing that. I don't like to, I just, I just like, like, general humour, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's one of the reasons why I got into comics in the first place was, um, I used to like, uh, I used to read Nutty and uh, the Beano and the Dandy and things like that. Um, and then after that, I, I graduated on some, uh, um, uh, 2000 AD, like everybody else does. Yeah. Um, and I read, uh, from there I went on to, um, uh, Batman, Dark Knight and Watchmen and, uh, read all the things that everybody reads. Um, and I gave up on it for a little bit until I found Freak Brothers, the Fabulous Fairy Freak Brothers. Okay. I, I've never, I've heard of them, but I've never read them. Yeah. Uh, and that, they're like, uh, they're adult comics because it's, it's all about drugs. You know, they're all, they're always like stoned or snorting this and that or whatever, you know. But it was funny. Um, and it was the first time since, uh, since reading, uh, all the DC Thompson, uh, things, um, where it was, uh, comic, but it was for grown-ups, but it was funny. It, uh, and that's, so originally, that's why I originally started, started doing my own comics was, um, to, because, because, uh, the Freak Brothers weren't coming out enough. I think there's 12 or something, and, and that was it, you know. <laughs> I think he did 12 over like 30 or 40 years, you know. Uh, wow. So, so he, he wasn't, he wasn't too rushed, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> just took but, his time. So yeah, I was, I was just doing like funny comics, um, drawing, writing and drawing the stuff that, um, Nobody seemed to be making, you know, there seemed, uh, people seem to have looked down on humor in comics, you know, especially like every single reboot or of everything's going to be dark and gritty, isn't it? Mm. You know, that kind of thing. But I like, I like comedy. I, I, I've read books on comedy and writing comedy and things like that. So I enjoy the, um, I think it's funny. Comedy is funny, but I also, I also appreciate the, um, there's, there's often quite a, uh, what would you call it? Like an, an equation. So obviously, there's, there's a lot of jokes are a bit like a math equation, you know, like the, the setup 
the bit in the middle of the punchline, all that sort of stuff. You know? mm-hmm. uh, I like that kind of that kind of thing. So yeah, that's why I originally started. What I originally got into it was uh, was just to write funny comics. Now, I think um, what I found certainly reading a lot of the the web comics for today and stuff is I didn't realise just how much like funny stuff is out there. Yes. Um, yeah. And 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 it's my co- funny. There's a lot more funny in web comics and, and small press. You know, it seems. Yeah. To, yeah. Well, yeah. it's like it's like when you get but like when you get really popular, you know, when you get really successful, then you've got to be like super dark and and psychotic. You know, <laughs> how damaged exactly is your hero? You know, I mean, my hero, my my hero for my grown-up stuff. Spleen up. Um, he, he's like psychologically damaged and he's like, but it's just, just through being like a bit scared and, you know what I mean? <laughs> Not yeah. Really, uh, just like normal, like, uh, midlife crisis stuff, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it could do a great comic for me, dude. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think, you know, what I've liked as well about a lot of the web comics now and, and like you said, small press stuff is it's, there's a lot more humour that's my kind of humour. And by that, I'm not really... Which is probably, again, why I didn't really get into the dandy stuff as a kid. Not that I'm saying I had, like, clever sensibilities or anything. Um, but I much prefer... I don't, I'm don't. i not really into toilet humour. Yeah. As a thing to read. I know Stacey's looking at me and, like, just shaking her head. a bit of toilet humour. I know. I'm just not really... You know, someone, like, you know, fighting or whatever. It's not going to make me laugh. It's just going to make me think, dude. You know, but, like... Um, just clever one-liners and put-downs and stuff. But, and I suppose because of how I grew up and I lived in a, um, got three older brothers and we basically spent my entire childhood was learning put-downs because you had to in our house because every, everything moved <laughs> so, yeah. And that's probably why I talk so quickly. And it's one of the things when I go back to Tottenham and I come back to Northampton, my wife is always saying, will you slow the fuck down? Because, <laughs> because we all talk at, you know, 90 miles now because you've got to when you're in that kind of environment where there's like four, four brothers all in the same enclosed space. Everyone wants to get a word in edgeways. Everyone yeah. wants to get in that one line that's going to put down the other brother and you've got to be first to the punch and you've got to be funny first time out. So that's kind of, that was my environment growing up. So that's what you look for when, in terms of your own humor, which is why a lot of the web comics Certainly, um, Shine, Jeffrey, we were just talking to, um, her stuff, which is, is it Book of Fame? Book of Fame. Yeah. Gold. It's just mm. gold for that, you know, skeleton slapping. I'm going to keep saying that term. <laughs> um, it, she nails all that sort of stuff. And I love that kind of humor. And it's almost that thing of you forget when you're so busy looking at, I'm not saying image doesn't have funny comments, but when you're so busy looking at image and DC and Marvel, you forget that there's this whole wealth of stuff out there where people are just nailing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and your stuff, um, I thought was on a similar vein in that kind of, um, I don't use the term dry humor because that's not really what I mean, but just that kind of, it doesn't need, you don't need to overwork to be funny. If that makes sense. Yeah, it makes perfect sense to me, yes. Uh, uh, a lot of the, um, I don't use toilet humor in Dennis Serenity or anything like that. So, mm. um, and a lot of it's, um, a lot of it's dialogue, uh, surprisingly. Yeah. I, I try and, uh, try and, have it like 50, you know, I, I like, you can't have like a kid's comic without like, you know, things exploding and big splats and things like that. But I also like, like to uh, like squeeze in a lot of, a uh, lot of extra dialogue uh, in, in it, you know what I mean? So uh, it is like, like I said before, it's, it's more, 
I think I've brought brought to it more of a, a sitcom feel. Um, you know, right. I, remember, I remember one joke I did where um, Dennis is following his dad because his dad's got a, a new uh, exercise regime, and he so his mum's forced him to run run around the block or something. But she's she's paying Dennis to um, spy on on his dad so that so that he does it, you know. Uh, but at the end, they both end up in a coffee shop, and it, uh, the dad buys him a, uh, a hot chocolate, and it's got all the all the works on it. It's got all the cream and the marshmallows and the flakes sticking out of it, and it's this huge hot chocolate that you get in coffee shops. And so Dennis says, "Why don't I get these at home?" And yeah, so Dennis's dad says, "Well, at home you get what you deserve." <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's just a pure, pure like dialogue. Um, yeah, it's not something you, you would notice uh, if you just flick to, flick through the, the pictures. You know, so. But I always like so. I mean, like I always like like pop culture humor where people use a pop culture reference and they slide it in there. But it's like one of the funniest. You remember um, oh, the Simon picture, Spaced? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a there's one bit in that. There's a lot. Why are you greasy? I've only seen one episode of Space. Doesn't matter. Just be. Oh, this, 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 <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's okay, Stace. You're going to get ostracised. Not by me. But look, you can you can watch it though. Well, yeah. I mean, I didn't really like that episode that I watched, which is uh, why I didn't. It's up it. and down. <laughs> but but the one bit that I thought was was um, wicked is, uh, and I can't remember the sort of chain of events that led to it but there's a bit where the guy Simon Pegg walks in and there's someone else sitting in the um, chair like he's arch enemy or something like that and then um, he looks at the other guy and uh, he just the other guy sort of goes I'm sorry they arrived here just before you and he goes you Lando <laughs> right now to so many people they'll just go I don't really get it but if you've seen Empire Strikes Back, you know the whole Lando Carissian thing. It's it's comedy gold, and that's what I like. It's that kind of humour where it doesn't it doesn't need to explain itself. It's like if you get it, you don't get it. If you don't get it, well, tough, you know. And I I kind of like that. Um, which one of the reasons why there was a lot of stuff in space that I really liked because it 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 was funny for me because it related to stuff that I either watched or read, mm-hmm. as opposed to it just being a random guy walks into a wall. Don't get me fun. Don't get me wrong. A random guy walking into a wall is funny. I think that might have been why space sort of sailed by me a little bit is that there's an awful lot of pop culture references that I don't get because I'm terrible at having watched or seen or read anything I think a lot of the humour in space does depend like there's a whole conversation Mm. where like one of the guys talks about Hawk the Slayer which is hilarious if exactly Um, exactly if you know Hawk the Slayer you know it's a funny scene but if you don't know Hawk the Slayer it's just it goes over your head Mm. um I know, I know I've watched Hawk the Slayer. That's all I know. <laughs> I don't know why I don't remember this. It's, it's, it's a long time ago. I love Hawk the Slayer. But, um. My humour's a bit of an odd one, actually, because I'm quite eclectic. I do like quite, like, clever, satirical, political stuff. But then stick me in front of an episode of Bottom and I'll be like, ah! For ages. Yeah, see, I, 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 Bottom just, I didn't find Bottom. Oh, I I, love bottom them. or the young ones did not find Oh, funny. I love them both. You know, They're I, stupid. Just, no, <laughs> ridiculous. No, no. See me in front of a black adder, I'm, I'm, I'm gold. Mm. Second season of Black Adder, when he's in the Elizabethan court, ah, oh, just, just awesome. Yeah, but, so I, I prefer Black Adder to. Although I did like the ones. I just the ones are so surreal. Yeah, I think maybe. Yeah, I think it just went above my head a bit, and it just, I just couldn't get into it. Um, 
But actually, here's a question. Seeing that you, yeah, you say you do a lot of comedy, whatever, what, what sort of comedies do you watch? Or, you know, what, what comedies are you watching at the moment? Or, fi- or comedy films, even? Oh, that's so funny. Whenever I get uh, asked uh, questions like that, my mind almost immediately goes blank. <laughs> I just start repeating what the, the last person was talking about, so I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna say space and things like that. Obviously, um, I don't know. I I like um, think no, I'm going completely blank. I'm going utterly blank. Um, my wife likes uh, Modern Family. Ah, uh, yes, I like Modern Family. So I end up watching a lot of that, and it, I think that that is really good. Yeah, um, that's one of those things where if you if you study comedy. Uh, or, you know, how it's, how it's made, how it's, how it's produced, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. That's one of those where you can see that the, the, the writers are very clever in, like, constructing their, their comedy, you know, that kind of thing. Um, I, I don't know, just the comedy's, uh, gone through quite a bad time recently, hasn't it? Uh, I mean, uh, what's, what's, what are English comedies at the minute? You know, is it Mrs. Brown's Boys? Is, is that <laughs> it? Yeah. <laughs> See, I was going to say, I'm not watching many English ones at the moment. Like, I'm quite a big fan of, like, Veep. Right. And um, that's really good. Barry's looking at me. No, I started to watch Veep, and I haven't... Mm. I think I think I find now with um, comedies, and maybe most shows in general now, which is the difference to when I was younger, where you could dip in out stuff, it's almost like for some shows, you've kind of almost got to keep watching it mm-hmm. to get invested in the characters and then the comedy comes much more out of it yes. because you you know what does... Like, like Modern Family. I mean, Modern Family was funny from day one, but it's got funnier because you know those characters' personalities, so you know how they're going to react to a situation even before the punchline hits. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, whereas I think comedy is more sort of back in the day, you didn't really get that. Um but I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think British comedies doesn't seem to be, I'm, I'm probably going to get lynched now. It doesn't seem to be as, as, as much, or I don't seem to remember them as much as I do, like, back in the old day. Cause they're, they're rebooting. I'm hoping you're going to know if, say, so, do you ever watch Porridge? Yeah. Yes. Right. So they're rebooting Porridge, which is to me just absolute nonsense. <laughs> it's just, it's just, it's just, no, it's not, no, it's just nonsense. A, because the whole way Porridge was set up in the prison environment and stuff, is dramatically different now. Um, and B, no one's going to be Fletcher other than Ronnie Barker. It's just, that's just nonsense. I think it's, um, uh, it's going to be Fletcher's son, isn't it? Or something. Oh, oh, just for the love of God. <laughs> Do you know, um, Give it a chance, Barry. Come on. No, I'm not. I ref- <laughs> oh, I no, no, I will go and social media like everyone else and complain. It's my right. Um, no, I think my, my problem with it, and someone said this perfectly, he said, I think there is a perfect recipe for a British prison comedy show, yeah. but it doesn't have to be porridge. Mm-hmm. And what someone else said, oh no, but they do that. I was going to put a posh sort of voice on to say to, like I'm an executive, but I can't. So I'm not going to bother. <laughs> um, you know, so what an executive will say, oh no, but because porridge is a recognized brand, mm-hmm. if we reboot it, you're going to get the people that know Porridge, they're going to want to get on board and blah, blah, blah. And I go, no, I call bullshit. Because, A, Porridge was like in the 60s, 60s, 70s. So a lot of people won't have heard of Porridge, who may well be your target audience. And the people who will have heard of Porridge are going to be sitting around going, why the fuck are you rebooting Porridge? Yeah. <laughs> just stick on Dave. I'm sure Porridge is just on. <laughs> yeah, well, there is, there's that, isn't it? You know, so... The, I don't know, reinvention too, like pure reinvention, you know, so I do like yeah. it when they 
they get something twisted up and things like that, you know. But uh, but yeah, you don't have to stick the, the nail on it. Uh, I did uh, for a while ago. I did. Um, a strip. I put put that on my blog. I think it's the uh, the thing that's at the top of my um, Twitter feed. Uh, right. The pinned tweet, um, and that was um, that was me ripping off. Uh, oh, Blake Seven. That was me ripping off Blake. Nice. Seven. But um, it's not like it doesn't say Blake Seven. It's, it's called Havoc Five, and it's just uh, <laughs> it's five five women. Uh, and uh, I think. Um, I like it. I like it when you know you can you can sort of see what where somebody might have got a few ideas from, but it doesn't yeah. have to be, you know, it doesn't have to be like a straight reboot, you know, or, or whatever. You know, uh, I think if you uh, if you can take your original source material and then like change the characters and, and have a different ending and uh, and then do a different beginning and change the middle bit, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you, you you end up with something. But, but I think it's like, um, what is it, community? Oh, I love community. Right, so c- community, which I, I, I love, um, most of it, some up and down moments. Well, right, yeah. the first couple of seasons of community is just, just geek comedy gold. Mm-hmm. But you could look at it from another lens and go, actually, if someone turned around to me and said, what we did was we watched Spaced, Mm-hmm. And we wanted to kind of re-envision it in a different way, maybe in an American setting and how we would do it in America. And that's what we've come up with. Yeah. I would go, you know what, you're probably, you, I get that. I can see that, you know, but if someone turned around, I think they did try to do it with space and said, we're just going to, we're going to reboot space, but it's going to be American. Mm-hmm. Automatically, your first instinct go, that's going to be rubbish. Well, they Why did the same with that? IT crowd, didn't they? Which is one of my right. favourite. Mm. Yeah. IT crowd, an American Red Dwarf. Uh, both things lasted for about one episode. Mm. Yeah. I mean, we've done, I mean, we've done things over here. I mean, they did, um, they tried to do the Golden Girls. I think it's called the Brighton Bells. Oh dear. It, yeah, <laughs> yeah, so. it, it was, it, it wasn't, it wasn't good. Oh gosh. It wasn't good. IT Crowd was one of my comedies. You know, one of the comedies oh. I couldn't remember. It's IT yeah. Crowd and, all right. Oh, it's all coming back. IT Black Books are on the Black Books. See, I've never seen, I saw one, I saw a clip of Black Books weirdly this week. It's the first ever clip. People talk about this show like mm. it's the, and I've never seen any of it. And it was a clip and it was, um, is it Bill, Bill Bailey? Is that yes. his name? Yeah. yeah. He was, someone had, um, nicked someone's purse or whatever. He was like, oh, I'll get them. And he's running down the road after this guy and they have this, this really long, <laughs> this really long foot chase. Yes. And then they, and then they get down this quiet road and the guy is chasing suddenly kind of like stops. And Bill Bailey kind of runs up to him and then kind of runs on like he's jogging. <laughs> and I thought, that is great because that's probably what I would do. Yeah. Um, and it, that suddenly made me think, I might have to give this show a little watch, yeah. actually. I have a feeling like I would enjoy that show because I've seen, I've seen the odd clip. I'm like, you know, these like terrible TV shows that are like, oh, best 100 comedies that have ever existed ever. Yeah. And you're like, oh, what a weird, who's quantifying this? But um, <laughs> I've seen clips of it on those sorts of things, and it looks like it would be, yeah, me to a T. I don't know why I haven't watched it. So I'm pretty sure Rich has got it on DVD oh, now. Man. I'm thinking about I'm, it. I'm pretty sure they're all on uh, all four, you know, like Telefor's. Oh, yeah, oh, like it's, it's on the streaming. Is that a streaming service? Yes, yeah, the whole thing. Yeah. The whole thing's on there, I think. Do you know what? I, I think that's where I saw the advert. I think that's what the advert was for, because it then said it was on like, yeah. all four or whatever. There we go. <laughs> Absolutely zone as well. Do you remember, who remembers Absolutely from a hundred years ago? It was a Scottish sketch show. Wow, no I don't remember that. Uh, that's uh, something I, I've, 
For a moment my, there, my son Bob. I've got a a sixteen year old, so I said, uh, "Watch this." Uh, <laughs> he thought it was <laughs> But we we don't even really get because I remember like as a sort of kid teenager, there was a lot of like sketch comedy, like sketch yeah. shows. Yes, and we don't we don't really get a lot of them nowadays. And I don't know if it's because a lot of the comedy stuff maybe has go, has gone to the, the internet with like web shows and stuff like that maybe I don't know yeah it's a shame being, a, being like a nerdy comedy nerdy who researches these things and looks into them um, like the original sketch shows um, if you look at the writers along the bottom um, there were always hundreds of them you know uh, it wasn't like Alas Smith and Jones wasn't just written by Smith and Jones you know there was like loads of uh, loads of writers and, and that was where the original comedy writers would um would find their feet and learn their trade, you know. And then mm. after that, after learning how to do sketches and put some jokes together properly, and uh, and if you watch a lot of old sketch shows like Last uh, um, Smith and Jones or or uh, uh, Monty Python's uh, Flying Circus, you see like a lot of it uh, doesn't work. You know, there's a lot of jokes fall flat. Um, yeah, but you can afford to do that in the sketch show because. Uh, even with the flat, even with the fast show, do you remember the fast show? Like, so, yes. So that doesn't work. But it doesn't matter because, like, in, in 11 seconds, we're going to have something completely different, you know. Um, so the original com- comedy writers would, like, learn their craft on sketch shows. And then once they got good enough, they might be offered, um, sitcoms. So, you know, they might be able to put a sitcom forward and, and write, write for sitcoms, you know. So I think because the, uh, the, uh, sketch shows gone away. I think that's damaged uh, sitcoms. You know, I think that's why it's, it's all like crumbling. You know, the, the sketch show was the, the foundation of the sitcom. You know, and it's all like crumbling away now. It's interesting, and I think a lot. I, I think a lot of the, some of the sketches of some of the sketch shows then went on to be um, shows in their own right. Yeah, yeah. There was a, there was something. Uh, um, obviously, fast show one. The mm-hmm. Ted, the Farmer Ted thing, I think that got its own show for a little bit. These are, you know. A lot of the old, uh, Simon Pegg, Simon Pegg was in, the uh, um, one called Big Train. Yes, he was, wasn't he? Yeah. That was like, that was before, I mean, that was the classic, like, that, I think that was one of the last, you know, um, uh, sketch show through a sitcom things, you know what I mean? You learn how to do it in a sketch show mm. when you get it wrong. Because, uh, I think, I think Big Train, there's a lot of Big Trains on um, on YouTube. YouTube. Uh, right. You can tell I'm a real comedy nerd, um, and I do like research all this stuff. <laughs> but like, if you look at all, uh, some of that, like a lot of it works really well, but a lot of it doesn't. You know, there's, there's somewhere it just like it, it falls flat. But but it didn't matter, you know, because because uh, you were learning, you were learning all the sketch. Well, it's the same. I, I think it's the same. You could apply the same principle to a comic anthology. Because, um, and they seem to be not as prevalent now. Yes. But it's, it's the same sort of thing where you had a lot of people were coming up and that's how they would, you know, apply their trade. You don't have to worry about having to do a 22 page comic or things like that. You could do like a four page comic or whatever and learn, as you say, learn your craft and then go on to sort of start doing your own comics. And that's how people would get spotted. I mean, in many ways, like you say, um, 2000 AD was, is, is kind of like that. It's an anthology comic. But, you know, a lot of new artists and writers, that's where they would almost start off, yes. you know, and then go on to become sort of big names and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's, it's yeah, similar. Yeah, Alan Moore started out yeah. as, uh, yeah. 
future shocks and things like that. Yeah. Alan Moore lives, Alan Moore lives five minutes from my house. That's my little claim to fame. <laughs> Do you live in his beard? I live in his beard. <laughs> I saw, I saw him once. I was walking down from, I was walking down from, um, Tesco's and I had a couple of bags and I was walking past and he walked past me and I went, I literally kind of thought, that was Alan Moore, wasn't it? And turned around. I thought, yeah, it was Alan Moore. I didn't just carry the walking. Oh. What else was I supposed to, what else was I supposed At to least do? You're pretty cool about it. I once, uh, I was walking through Birmingham City Centre and my favourite band, the Future Heads, were just like wandering around because they'd got a gig that night. And I just really loudly, like, slapped my friend on the arm and went, the Future Heads are over there. And uh, one of them looked over and I was like, shit. I've got this view of you saying that. And how many in the band are there? Four. I thought there were going to be four. I had this view of all four of them just turning around, like, in slow mo, just going. <laughs> it was, suffice to say, slightly embarrassing. The only, um, the only Alan Moore uh, story I've got is uh, a friend of a friend um, got on um, a, uh, a National Express coach yeah. once uh, in the, like, the late 80s, early 90s or somewhere like that, that sort of period. And he got on and uh, sat down next to Alan Moore. And Alan Moore had his big beard, but he was, he was wearing uh, a, a white suit. Uh, white shoes, white shirts, white tie. Complete, everything he was wearing was completely white. And, uh, so he sat, he sat down next to Alan Moore on a National Express coach of all places. And, uh, big fan, a massive, huge, enormous fan. He says, said, uh, uh are, are you Alan Moore? I mean, this guy couldn't have been anybody else other than Alan Moore. <laughs> and, um, so Alan Moore said, said yes. And then, so this guy says, uh, Oh, can I, can I have, can I have your autograph? And Alan Moore says, have you got a, have you got a piece of paper? And he says, no. He says, have you got a pen? And he says, no. And Alan Moore says, well, I guess you can't then. <laughs> and, and then that was it. And they sat, they sat with <laughs> for the next like three hours. <laughs> on, on, on the way, on the way to wherever the hell they were going. Yeah. So I that's, think, my I only, think, that's my only, that's my only Alan Moore. I think that, I think that should be subtitled Alan Moore, a cautionary tale. <laughs> Oh, I've just noticed that we're uh, a minute left. I know. So we that's... made it. We Yay! made it. Well, you have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have. <laughs> <laughs> um, for this last minute, do you want to tell people where they can find you and all of your stuff on Tinterwebs? Absolutely. <laughs> See, I am. That's how bad I am at um, uh, Tinets, <laughs> the internet. If you uh, search my name, let me, hold on, let me do it. Uh, N-I-G-E. <laughs> No rush. If I search my name, uh, yeah, my blog's the first thing. Uh, then there's a, somebody did a Wikipedia page about me. And then there's a link to Blank Slate books, because I've done a couple of books for Blank Slate. One of them is called Spleno, which is extremely adult. That's me. <laughs> like, there's, there's one... There's one bit in it where everyone talks about it. I can't talk about <laughs> Very adult. And then there's another one called Weak As I Am, which is my take on uh, superheroes and things like that, um, which is, they're both great from uh, Blank Slate Books. Uh, so, yeah, I'm on, if you just search my name, uh, there's my blog uh, and Twitter and things like that, and Facebook. Uh, so it's all, it's all there, really. And if you... And if you do a search for Splenal, which is S P L E A L, then that's me. Other stuff, uh, Splenal. Um, 
which which brings up me a lot as well, you know. So, so yeah, it's just there. Just search for me now, and I'm there. <laughs> There's uh, things like my uh, everything I remember about last night's episode of Doctor Who. Uh, I love those. So yeah, that was another. That, that was something uh, I was hoping somebody would uh, pay me to do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but hey, you never know. But but the internet's decided not to. <laughs> <laughs> One day. Well, thank you ever so much for joining us. It's been lovely talking to you. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Yeah, thanks, Nigel. I feel like I can call you Nigel now. <laughs> Nigel Nuge. Nigel Nuge. It's like yeah, some Disney. kind of yeah, sexy cop drama. Sexy cop drama, yeah. <laughs> I guess I like where this is going. <laughs> sexy political satire cop drama. <laughs> I'm on it. Set in Merseyside. I don't know why. All right, come on. Shut up, Barry. Okay. We've got to go now. All right, we've got to go. Okay. <laughs> Thanks very much. Okay. Yeah. See you whenever. Bye. Yeah. Five, five seconds over. Sorry, bye. Oh. That's all right. <laughs> bye. <laughs>